Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from the Unita Medical Supply Warehouse in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. It's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast Fourth of July Spectacular and Celebration of America Extravaganza, or something to that effect. Tonight, the boys lap up every drop of one of the greatest zombie movies ever made, 1985's Return of the Living Dead while also lapping up every drop of the undead party crasher American Imperial Stout from Clown Shoes Beers, paired with the explosive Mi Carita Firecracker from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Man, oh man, let me tell you folks, if this episode wasn't airing several weeks after Independence Day for some reason, this would be the best 4th of July spectacular ever. Oh, come on, I'm just giving you four knuckleheads a hard time. You know we wouldn't have you any other way. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Who let the cats out indeed? Oh, uh, my good man. <laughs> oh, you guys ready to party? It's party time. It's party time. Man, it's good to have everyone here for a change, Doc. You've been quite a while. Uh sure. Great to be back, fellas. You just got back from our nation's capital. Yes. Uh, three of us, numb nuts, just got back from the Pennsylvania barn smoker since we saw you last. And, uh, hmm. Washington, D.C., Amish country. What do they have in common? Uh, both places, progress moves at a glacial pace. Well played, sir. Well done. Because the Congress can't get anything done, and the Amish, two stuff so old school. Got it. But you're quite right. I was actually there to testify on a committee for how to testify on committees. How'd that go? Well, they're still in committee. (laughs) We've agreed on further talks. Sounds promising. So you on the table side or in front of the table? Nah, that's right. 
How can you tell if an Amish guy is an alcoholic? I don't know. He's falling off the wagon. Oh, oh, no. Oh. All right. Sorry. No more. Just a regular red skeleton over here. (laughs) Ted doesn't like... Ted doesn't like my... My hard-edged brand of comedy. I befriended the Amish. Um, They were great. They were great. Well, I mean, they drove me a little buggy. (laughs) Make him stop. Make him stop. Hey, what do you call an Amish guy with his hand, his arm up a horse's ass? A mechanic. <laughs> Great. Now we've been to the Amish. No. Like I said, we love them. Are they going to watch this? If they did, then that's on them. I wonder if our Amish guy would watch it. They seem pretty liberal in his community. When we left, he was down and shot. Yeah, he was having a nice little... He loves a spot of bourbon there. <laughs> he was having some Brixton mash, I think, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Having some Brixton mash destroyer action. Uh, uh, boy, we had we had fun at uh, Pennsylvania Barn Smoker. Doc, you're missed, but uh, man, beautiful. Pennsylvania was just gorgeous. Uh, the three of us actually decided to buy a cottage there and s- spend our summers there from now on. Maybe you could get some of your new Amish friends to help you uh, uh, construct a... Well, we are gonna. We're still gonna be strawberry farmers. Is that what yeah, we're? Yeah. So we'll, we'll need them to come plow our fields. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we I, could have we could have them like no. raise a studio. Good old fashioned studio raising. A good old fashioned yeah. podcast studio raising. Yeah. Bring everybody over. Whittle us some new it. microphones. Yeah. As long as they brought the food. Yeah. Yeah, because we're yeah. I'm yeah. Not, um, <laughs> I'm not cooking over, uh, you know, a campfire the entire time I'm there. No, no, no. They'll have to accept us in our ways as much as we'll have to accept them in theirs. Uh, does go without saying, Doc. Uh, we were caught in some traffic behind a horse and buggy, and yeah, yaks got out and shoved an ice cream cone in their face. <laughs> you have a little buggy rage? Just a little bit. <laughs> buggy rage. <laughs> I, I could just picture it when you said you were in Amish country. Somehow I just saw Cody just putting the ice cream cone in someone's face and Todd acting all ashamed but not, not going to rush to anyone's defense. <laughs> hey, what's this? Clip, diclop, 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 pow, 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 pow. Amish drive by. <laughs> all right, we're going to start the show. You know, Fritz, you, Fritz playing? We, we started the show. Oh, this is the show. It's kind of like that Simpsons Enron ride of broken dreams. You peaked, and then you just... (laughs) You just spent like five minutes trashing the Amish. No, I did it. Yeah, you did. Those are wholesome jokes. Those are not wholesome jokes. (laughs) No, I like the Amish. There. I did, too. And I don't want to get them mad at him, because he looked as solid as concrete floor. I saw you looking at him a lot. (laughs) (laughs) admiring the broad swell of his back muscles (laughs) Uh, who who played the guy in uh, Witness the strong curvature of his calves Uh, it was the die hard guy Gudnoff was it Alexander Alexander Gudnoff wasn't he the the muscle bound Amish guy in Witness I don't know didn't care for Harrison Ford and his big city ways uh, they were firm very, swell of the firm swell of his biceps. 
they were very uh, accepting, very nice. Everyone was really nice. We went to an awesome uh, brewery, Lancaster Brewing Company. Uh, went there both nights, actually. It was so good. Yes. I uh, highly recommend the cheese curds. Cheese curds? Cheese curds. Uh, the uh, Boss Hog IPA was phenomenal. It was. Double IPA. Very um, delicious. Everything was really, really good. Uh, so if you're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, go to the Lancaster Brewing Company. TNCC gives yeah, it. Yeah, really good. Uh, Straight up indoors. Three thumbs up. And you know what? Four thumbs up. You would have liked it. I'm going yeah. I'm gonna put your thumb in the mix. Hey. Hey. Uh, welcome, everybody. I guess we are starting. It's uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 76. It's known as a thumbs up by proxy. <laughs> oh, man. I told you I was doing a lot of wheeling and dealing there. That's because it was that, was that part of your was, committee talks? Yeah. Um, what you need, Tut? Oh, I got it. Well, boys, uh, we are here, so we might as well do some drinking and smoking. Well, if we must. If you'll look in front of you, you each have two cigars tonight. Uh, same cigar, they're just really little, so I uh, decided to to double up. Um, it is, being that yesterday was the 4th of July, this is our big 4th of July Independence Day Spectacular. Which TNCC style, we always do them like after it, so it makes no sense. But you can listen to this next July 4th with your friends. and, and <laughs> Celebrate Independence the entire month long. Now Why you're talking. Not? Do you guys have a good 4th yes, of July? Yes, had a great 4th of July. Man, I got pretty hammered. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. But uh, I got a job to do, so here we are. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. But in the keeping of uh, our big 4th of July Independence Day Spectacular, this cigar you're looking at, very unique little bugger there, uh, is called the Firecracker. The Mi Carita Firecracker. Mi Carita. From our friends over at Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. These are a Two Guys Smoke Shop exclusive. Every year they put out a Firecracker uh, cigar in the summertime for 4th of July-ish. And every year it's done by a new manufacturer. I think uh, last year was Fratello. A uh, year or two before that was Roma Craft. Roma Craft's actually doing another one for them um, any day now, I think. they're yeah. gonna. Um, but uh, the first one this year they released is the Mi Carita. Uh, Mi Carita was actually our number one cigar of 2016. Yeah, quite tasty. It was very tasty. Mm. Uh, it certainly has an intoxicating aroma. Well, just the appearance, certainly, um, of the cigar, with the exception of the little wick, you see like a little firecracker uh, fuse on the side there, um, but it certainly looks like a May Carita, oily, um, really thick, broad leaf. Uh, I think both, all of us, I think the raisins on the cold draw was a big thing with the original, and then chocolate and coffee. Big time on the smoke. Um, Steve Saka of Dunbarton has essentially uh, said this is the same blend as the Mikarita that we loved back on episode 42, only this particular little Vitola has been front-loaded with Lajero to give it an explosive start. Firecracker? I get it. I get it. So brace yourself for the explosive start. Um, and the little fuse, you just smoke smoke on through it. It should uh, should burn with the rest of the cigar. Um, I actually have smoked this. I smoked one at a 4th of July party last weekend. 
and uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my my thoughts till uh, till everybody's lit up and we're all kind of on the same page. So uh, any new Steve Saka cigars? Something to get excited about. Uh, we tend to really like his stuff. Uh, our palates are kind of in sync with Steve most of the time. So uh, I'm really curious to see how you guys uh, feel about this little firecracker. It is a three and a half by fifty. I'm done. Connecticut. <laughs> no. I I told you guys you have two. He has three. Uh, it's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. I'll tell you the price uh, later. As I said, it is. Uh, they're probably sold out by now. They sold, I think, ridiculous over 400 boxes in the first day, and they only think made 500 or something like that. Oh wow! So, um, so I was up early that morning, like concert tickets. Click, uh, click, 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 click. Make sure, uh, make sure we got some. Um, but if we're gonna smoke this powerful little cigar, we should probably sip on a powerful beer. Am I right? Mr. Lesker. Yes, yes you are. It is indeed powerful. What are we drinking? We are drinking the Undead Party Crasher from Clown Shoes Brewing. Never had a Clown Shoes on the show, have we? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. No. Yeah. Uh, this is an American Imperial Stout. Uh, 10.5% ABV. And I'm uncertain on the IBUs, but it doesn't seem like it's overly bitter. Being a stout, even an imperial stout, which basically the the onus for that is that the, the brewers tend to use uh, higher levels of uh, malt and hop to basically uh, double or imperialize the stout. The actual uh, uh, corporate thing for them is that in a world full of uncertainty, hardship, and people trying to hold us back, do we need the undead and do we need the undead and trademark attorneys too? Clown Shoe says no. Die monsters die. Forces of Darkness brought about a change in the name of this beer, which was released to celebrate our second anniversary, but it still sports signature dark malts, holy water, and malt smoked locally with hickory and ash. Holy water? Holy water. I'm not actually sure if the water was blessed or if it's just... <laughs> but I really hope it was. I could, I could really use some, some holiness in me. Nomine <laughs> But, uh... Clown Shoes Demon's itself. Out. <laughs> Clown Shoes itself uh, launched in uh, 2009 in uh, Ipswich, Massachusetts, uh, and actually uh, started by a gentleman by the name of Greg Berman. Uh, started brewing uh, small batches. Uh, one of the first they did was uh, called the Hoppy Feet Black IPA. Uh, they actually it was very well received, and he continued to go on and, and make other. Things uh, they and they've always been rel- relatively, you know, inventive. Uh, one of the uh, the other existing styles is uh, Josh the Guava King. Uh, they've got a uh, other uh, called a uh, Tony the Emperor of the Equator. So I mean, they they just like to give their beers some uh, very nice, exciting names, but uh, they do taste fantastic. Doc, yeah. last time I was riding around with you in your truck, I saw a pair of clown shoes hidden under your seat. What's that all about? 
Are you sure you want to pursue that line of questioning? Not all. Remember, he who wears the clown shoes <laughs>, laughs the clowniest. Makes sense. Yeah. I'll have to go with I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure this is Doc's testimony at the committee <laughs> last week. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe I was summoned to the nation's <laughs> capital to give it. Well, let's just just. Either way, either way. Um, Thank God there was a huge immigration demonstration going on. It really took away from <laughs> any of the business I had to conduct. Um, it does. It does have a cola-like appearance in the pine glass. Um, okay, do you know what they say about guys with big feet? We look good in clown shoes. I got big feet. Let's get you some clown shoes. Couple of years? No. <laughs> um, man, I'm not a big stout guy. Tell you are. Do you like it? Do you lift weights? You're a... Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for noticing, dog. Um, broad swell of your Amish backside. I'm getting a woodsy. Like a... You're getting like a... Oak or uh, it's kind of like a hickory. Is it hickory? Hickory and ash. Smoked locally with hickory and ash. I, I said that earlier. Oh, <laughs> but clearly you weren't listening. Oh, too wrapped up in other things. He, tune, he tunes out. You're part of the show. Apparently so. Hickory. Still thinking about the Amish. Huh? It's hickory. It's hickory. Um, yeah, it's too early to tell what I think of it too. It's uh. All right. That's far too early to do. Do you guys like it? I do. We'll see how the next five go. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> what about the cigar, you guys? Everybody's lit up? I'm done. <laughs> they're, they're very tiny. Uh, it's got a nice kick to it. Yeah, it does. It's got some nice strength. I do appreciate that. To be honest, the little firecracker tail is kind of throwing me off. I really, yeah, I just want to take that off, I think, but I can't. Like you just told little, me I couldn't do it. No, no, you can't. Like a vanilla bean, kind of. You getting a little vanilla? Okay. Almost like a... For me, it's got that espresso, that coffee. Yeah, there's something, from there's the, something I don't drink a lot of coffee, but that's kind of... That uh, the original Mikarita had gobs of. Um, boy, I haven't had a... Coreline Mikarita in quite a while. Um, I definitely do feel this is a little more burning in the nose and a little, uh, does seem a little bit ramped up strength wise. Not terribly. I mean, it's not a eye watering. Uh, <laughs> Your eyes have sealed shut. Burn, but uh, <laughs> you guys still here? Um, it's a strong little cigar. It is. You can take off the fuse if it's if it's bothering you, but no, I'm gonna smoke it as intended. Well, what if that little fuse is made of pure lajero and well, that's why when I'm gonna that, smoke it as yeah, intended. You're a cigar scientist. You can't cut corners. No. All right, so you guys don't know what you think about the cigar, and you don't know what you think about the beer. I like the cigar. So far, so good. We'll see. I do like Not the that cigar. there's much to see. It's I just think that the little tail is kind of nice. It's burning slowly. Uh, nice ash. Oh. Nice uh, smoke. I, I got the, the vanilla bean coffee kind of flavor there. I, I'm enjoying it very much. 
I'll take it. The beer is, I'm sipping it because of its potency. Mm. That's how I usually start. It's really warm outside. It's, it's, uh, it's another thing that I'm kind of... It's gonna it's gonna hurt it to be honest because it's gonna it's hurt just, the cigar. It's gonna hurt the beer because it's just balls hot, and I'm just kind of like. You want a lighter something a little bit in there. crispier. Well, well, the idea obviously, um, it's it's a it's a very powerful. Yeah. Hyped is a very powerful little cigar. Milk was a poor choice. <laughs> I just. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I wanted to go ballsy on the on the beer as well. Yeah, and I'm gonna try not to hold the weather against it because that's not that's not the beer's fault. That well, sort of is. But well, luckily we do have another beer that we're gonna we're and gonna, we do have another beer and uh, it is lighter because so we'll, 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 we'll Miller Light because no, this, not that light because this beer was so uh, ballsy uh, with the ABV we we did get another beer to to temper uh, if you pussies want to switch over at any point just let me know. I mean, you fellas. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to uh, introduce tonight's movie, uh, which, unlike cigars or beers, you can never be on the fence with this movie. You either love it or you're an idiot. Well, we've got an undead beer, a 4th of July firecracker cigar. So tonight we are doing my favorite 4th of July movie. Born on the 4th of July. It's a penis, Mom! It's a dead penis! Penis, penis, penis! That's my, uh, what's his name, Kovacs? Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise. I thought it was pretty good. You guys didn't like that? Mm. That's great. It's alright. It's a penis, Mom! That I liked. I liked there was a little more emotion and dedication there. Yeah. Maybe after a couple of these, I'll be really passionate about it. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier over here. Uh, no, no, no. I took the penis in my hand. Oh, wait. What? Something you want to confess? That was something else on the 4th of July. Uh, to penis or not to penis. <laughs> wrong podcast, wrong podcast. The Return of the Living Dead is tonight's movie. Oh, Yay! The Return of the Living Dead. Death. You didn't like this movie? No, I said death. Oh, yes. Lots of death in tonight's movie. Fun, hilarious death. I'm with Cade. It is my favorite Fourth of July movie, and one of our favorites of all time, I think. Fourth of July or otherwise. Um, Written and directed by Dan O'Bannon, who was an interesting and accomplished character for sure. Uh, He was a USC film school classmate of John Carpenter, my favorite filmmaker. Uh, He actually co-wrote... And even co-starred in Carpenter's first film, Dark Star, that they started making while at USC. Uh, he'd then go on to write the screenplay for Ridley Scott's groundbreaking uh, original Alien film. Oh, nice. That's kind of... Very nice. He created Alien. Yeah, I was going to say, did he not, in addition to writing it, didn't was he involved in the design, too? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. I know H.R. Uh, Geiger did... Uh, was it H.R. Geiger? Yes. Uh, did the... Uh, cr- majority of all the... I thought he had some other kind of creative input in it, but I don't know specifically. Okay. Um, but yeah, that alien bursting out of the the chest, is that's Dan O'Bannon. Uh, you have him to thank for that. Uh, he just said, make the alien more penisy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a penis alien, Mom! Uh, he then would go on to write the script for the animated heavy metal 
in oh, 1981. Nice. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, Blue Thunder in 83. Yeah. Uh, Toby Hooper's Space Vampire cult classic, uh, Life Force in 1985. Man's it. got a solid book of work so far. Oh, you should see it. It's just a, a naked space vampire going around sucking <laughs> sucking guys' uh, life force out of them. Okay. And because Are you of the sure this wasn't in the back room of the VA. It's I a space start. penis, Mom. It's a space penis. I suddenly realized I have a prior engagement. Going Richard Dreyfus there. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of Dreyfus. It's a penis. <laughs> it's a penis. Touch my penis. That <laughs> uh, was Cryptidors Tribe. <laughs> touch my penis. Is that what that movie was about? God damn it! Touch my penis. <laughs> uh, and then his final. Damn you, Tuttle. His t- final. Um, kind of big hit he was one of the screenwriters there's a couple of them who adapted Philip K. Dick to massive success with Total Recall um, another Dan really? so you've seen a lot of this I guy's I had no idea he had involvement in that yeah. he's one wow of the, he's one this of the guy likes on to that. work with Dick a lot for some reason mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, just so it's Philip K. Dick mom <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a pretty damn impressive filmography yeah it, it is, is. Uh, I take it over a stick in the eye um but, inexplicably, he was only able to shoot two feature films as a director, and th- this being really the only one you've ever heard of. The, uh, the other one came a few years later, and uh, I've actually never seen it. I don't think he was too happy with it. Um, but this is certainly his standout to horror fans, his claim to fame. Yeah, you can have your alien, you can have your all that other stuff. Uh, Return of the Living Dead is, is all I need uh, from Dan O'Banion. Uh, it's Potentially one of the the be- it's I would say it's definitely one of the best zombie films ever made um, and for me it's easily top three uh, but it's possibly the greatest horror comedy and I, I ever was gonna made. say wouldn't, <clears throat> wouldn't eat shit and die Shaun of the Dead easy hey, easy just kidding when I you like say that it's really it's almost really one of the first ones like I that that kind of balanced the kind of balanced hardcore horror with the it humor. was and 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 a lot when he when he did the screenplay a lot of um, the producers and they, they didn't really know what to make of the script it was just so different than you know when they it was a long legal battle to get them to be able to use the living dead in the title uh, one of the original producers and writers John Russo made the original Night of the Living Dead um, with with George Romero and they kind of had a friendly legal thing where he wanted to go off and make some sequels while George Romero was was doing Dawn of the Dead at the same time as around this, and um, so yeah, they got to where they could use the Living Dead in the title, but it was a they had to work for it, and then they got the script and it was just not at all the, 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 the straightforward Romero style, you know, dead serious yeah. um, take on the on the genre and. That's what drew me to it as a kid. That's what made me fall in love with it, was that it wasn't... Because um, you're not going to beat George Romero at the zombie game. Yeah. So you better do something different with it. I was about to say, I, th- I, I don't know whether it's the best, but it's definitely one of the most memorable zombie films. Uh, I Even when I forget the name of it, I remember the movie. Yeah. I My, uh, my top three are probably Dawn of the Dead, um, Fulci, Zombie... Number two, and then uh, this is probably third. Um, and you know what? I'd probably put Shaun the Dead in top five. I mean, it's a great movie. I was just kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, it's 
it's fun, and it like I said, it's a July Fourth movie, so let's let's have some fun tonight, boys. Let's do it. I you know what I'm this cigar is is considered before we dive into this movie, it's considerably stronger to me than what I remember the the Mikarita the Mikarita being. You've smoked a lot more Mikarita than I have. Do you agree that it's it is a little bit more cranked powerful. up a little bit? It is a little bit more powerful. I've not gotten any of the chocolate that was so present in the in the core line. To me, it's just coffee and and earth and just lajero strength. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I probably did make a poor choice with the beer because it's making me want to drink. Like you know, my throat's getting a little bit dried out, and I wish I maybe had a little something crisper and more. Summary. Well, I, I hate to say it now, but there is a. Uh, <clears throat> The uh, the beer that Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden makes, that Trooper Ale. Yeah. And I think that's only like, it's much lower in alcohol, but it has the, you know, not Eddie on it, but the, 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 the dead guy on yeah. it. Well, we'll save that one for another day. We did the Megadeth beer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. It was really good. Yeah. Um, they did. They do have that Trooper Iron Maiden beer at Total Wine. I, I was gonna pick up a sixer, but I we'll pick one up. Let's know how it is. I'll give it a shot. Um, all right. Well, um, boy, I'm just getting that hickory and uh, not a lot else from the beer. No, no. I'm not getting really any flavors from, from it. You? <laughs> it's like hacksaw ju- Duggan with that freaking two by four of hickory going <laughs> tough guy. I'm just getting lots of hickory. I'm not getting like too much. I, uh, I get a little bit of caramel, uh, a lot of malt. Uh, Lots yeah, of malt. A lot of malt. Uh, it's a multi penis, mom. <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. It's not. It's not presenting a lot else to. This it. was no malty accent. <laughs> and I don't know. Is, I mean, is the cigar killing the beer at all? I think the beer's just kind of overpowering a little bit of the the nuance of the cigar. I know I, what I, I know what a Mikarita profile is, and I'm getting a lot of bitterness off of the the. Beer to where um, I think it's actually. I have to agree with Tut. Sliding the flavor. When I take a sip of the beer, uh-huh. it seems to just wash the cigar flavor right out. So you guys are saying Yaks kind of dropped the ball with tonight's beer? Pairing. I'm not suggesting that at all, <laughs> sir. I didn't. I didn't pick it. You. You did. That was me. It was you. I'm not saying it's not working, and I always think that what the TNCC is really good at is we just, you know, <laughs> if at first it doesn't work, ingest larger quantities, and then... Hey, oh, yeah, we'll see you after four of these bad boys. This is the greatest pairing <laughs> in the world. This is the greatest night of my life. Oh. Uh, we shall see. We shall see. Um, all right, well, the movie... I just picture clowns' hands running all mm. over me. Oh, wait. Damn, wrong podcast. That, that'll make maybe some sense later. It's... How many podcasts are you doing? Join <laughs> um, Tut for the Wednesday Night Pornographic Clown Podcast. I bet my little Tom Cruise penis voice would go over like gangbusters on Excuse that Excuse me. It's Ron Honcho. I don't use my real name. Ron Honcho? Ron Honcho. <laughs> Special guest tonight, Richard Dreyfus. Thank you, Tunnel. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Damn it, Richard. You used my full name. Again. <laughs> Show me your ass. <laughs> Sorry. You've been watching a lot of Jaws on AMC, uh, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Jaws on AMC here recently. It is the fourth. Yeah. Uh, you got any better suggestions? <laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? Get your name in Podcast Penis Magazine. <laughs> By the way, look for the <laughs> August issue. I'm, I've am i got a nice little spread a little in there. A little spread in there. Oh. 
literally. <laughs> Those proportions <Hey>. are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at that. Those proportions are correct. You're going to be looking at a lot of unsatisfied females. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get yourself <laughs> testifying on a D.C. committee about penis size. <laughs> Is that what you were doing there? The movie, you were saying? We're going to get started here? We start off with a disclaimer at the beginning. The events portrayed in this film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. So we kick things off at the Unita Medical Supply <laughs> Warehouse on July 3rd, 5.30 p.m., 1984. I like how they just reverse track 180 right from the get-go. Yep. It's all true. <laughs> you need a medical supply. We're out. Uh, Bert Wilson... The owner is clicking his heels. He's heading out the door for the big 4th of July weekend. And his underling, Frank, is sticking around for a bit to teach the new hire, Freddie, a thing or two. Uh, They're filling an order for a skeleton with perfect teeth for the St. Louis Medical School. Uh, Who's ever heard of a skeleton with perfect teeth? My question is, do they get, obviously, orders for skeletons with unperfect (laughs) teeth? Like... I think they got a skeleton farm over there in India. <laughs> Obviously, this is going to be a, a running theme throughout tonight's show. Bert and Frank were casting home runs. Yes, there will be come up repeatedly the casting in this film. Um, they, they're so good. Bert, uh, played by Clue Galuger, yep. uh, actually an old Western actor, yeah. was yes. started. Um, he actually came on board a day before shooting. Um, they had gone, it was going to, originally went out to Robert Wagner, which that would have been interesting. And then uh, who they really wanted was Leslie Nielsen. And, oh, that uh, would have been That would have been awesome, too. Perfect. He wanted more money. Yeah, he, he wanted too much money. But, um, you know, I think if you could put Nielsen in this, it would have been just pure comedy at that point. Clue was I'm fantastic. I mean... I would love to see both versions of the movie. I'd like to have this one as it is and see a Leslie Nielsen version. Because Clue is so great in this. He's fantastic. Um, well, Frank uh, Frank is... James Karen. James Karen, who's been in literally uh, thousands yeah, of, of, just, of uh, movies. A lot of people are. I just recognize him as a poltergeist. Yeah. Um, well, he's seen it all over the years as he's showing Freddy around. Who's he in poltergeist? Uh, he's a guy that sells... I think he's the one that sells on the house. The real sells estate. The house? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. He, but I mean, he's literally been in... Yeah. He's still around. He's yeah. still... Uh, so yeah, so the last Clue. thing I remember so him in was... Uh, uh, they're both about the Will Smith movie, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Get he, out! He played the big uh, Get out of here, Wall Street guy. Get out of here! No, okay. I like that movie. I'm just saying. Is that the one where they spelled happiness with a Y? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> what are you doing watching that crap? Show us wow. your ass! <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, but young eager Freddie, first day on the job, played by uh, Tom Matthews. Uh, was this coming right before? This would have been before Friday. Right part before six. his 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 starring, it would got him really blown up with horror guys as Tommy Jarvis in Friday Thirteen Part Six. That was eighty six. Um, that's a good one two punch here for oh, yeah. for young Tom Matthews, who I believe was a college roommate of George Clooney. Either that, or when they they first moved out to L.A., they were rooming Roof. together for a while. Yeah, he's old buddies with yeah. uh, with Clooney. Um, so across town from the warehouse, Freddie's punk friends and his wholesome girlfriend Tina are trolling around town in a beat up old convertible with spray paint all over it. Uh, they're bored, senseless, and they decide they're they're gonna go pick up Freddie from work when he gets off work. 
the gang, speaking of casting, is led by Suicide. You can see on the screen there behind the doctor, played expertly by Mark Venerini, who would actually go on to commit suicide uh, about a decade later at the Aww. age of 35. Sadly. And he also appeared in Friday 13th Part 5 as another psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of crossover with the Friday 13th world in this movie. Um, another character, Spider, of yeah, part of the game, Miguel Nunez, is also in Part 5. Goddamn enchiladas. Ooh, baby, hey, baby. <laughs> Um, but like you said, the cast is just perfect to a T in this movie. Uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be what it is without everyone doing the uh, the nerdier punk, the nerdier punk uh, John Philbin uh-huh. um, was also in Children of the Corn. He is a, a small part in that. Well, he's the yeah, one. He's, he's the one, he's that, the one that sacrificed. Right off sacrificed the and several years later, almost unrecognizable, he is the fourth member. Of Patrick Swayze's Dead Presidents and Point Break. Yes. Oh, is he one of those yeah, guys? Yeah, there's Patrick Swayze, uh, Bo Jesse Christopher's younger brother, James LaGrosse, and the other guy's got, he's got curly red hair and a goatee, but that's, that's him in Point Break. Huh. Yeah. CNL, Johnny! Oh, that's LaGrosse. That's LaGrosse. Well, he, he ended up getting that one because he did a movie, he had the lead role on uh, North Shore, one of the 80s uh, surfing, surfing movies. movies. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, oh, so he was actually like a real surfer then, probably. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He did that movie in like, uh, it, one of those you know, kind of, literally supposed to be a surfer, but he's the proverbial fish out of water. He decides to go to Hawaii, hence North Shore, and he, you know, I think becomes I remember the, becomes that. the the uh, you know the little fish in the big pond, so to speak, and he has to relearn how to surf the cool way, the Hawaii way. Yeah. Question, Cade, is that supposed to light the firecracker? Um, you might have to it, light it. You, you probably, if it, if it doesn't it. self-ignite, you might want to just blast it with the lighter and get it going. I, I just lit mine, and it's... It's it, actually a fuse. It's a bomb. It looks like a little punk. It looks like a little... It does. Uh, like you'd light your firecracker. So sweet if it was a sparkler, but you know. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if I... <laughs> it was like a total joke cigar and it blew up in our face. Um... Well, back at the warehouse, Freddy asks uh, Frank, what's the craziest shit he's ever uh, seen on the job? And he tells Freddy that years ago, back in 1969, the government had a toxic gas that, when unleashed, made all the dead bodies in the warehouse twitch and jiggle like they were alive, just like in that movie, Night of the Living Dead. I like the way they reference that. Uh, typical military fuck-up. They delivered. army fuck-up. They, they put the bodies in these canisters, and they delivered them... To the you need a medical supply warehouse for some reason, and even more inexplicably, they kept them and they, just, yeah, they just and put them in the basement. There. And eh, we'll deal with that some other time. And twenty years later, um, and Frank is just chomping the bit to show Freddy. He's like, "You want to see him in the basement?" And they go downstairs. Uh, so they go down the basement, and no sooner does Frank, uh, you know, Freddy's like, "Those things aren't going to leak, are they?" <laughs> Hell no. These things are made by the Army. Corps Engineers! <laughs> Smacks this thing on the side, and this gas just blasts him in the face. Uh, just drops him, knocks him out cold. We see the gas travel up through the basement into the meat locker where the cadavers are stored, and we see the the one... Uh, cadaver that's there. Just the one, it's the holiday weekend. They, they, they want to keep a fresh stock. They only have one cadaver, thankfully. And you see it start to 
twitch and uh, hanging on the meat. I boat. love the delivery, though. Hell no. These things are made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. <laughs> Smacks <laughs> it and bam. Well, meanwhile, an Army general arrives home, uh, a very well-compensated Army general, arrives home to his mansion, uh, where despite his wife's attempt to make him, this grumpy old bastard, happy, what's for dinner? Oh, I made your favorite, lamb chops. I had them for lunch. It's one of my favorite little throwaway exchanges. How was your day, dear? The usual crap. (laughs) (laughs) He's like drunk army dad. What's for Except d- without the drunk part. No, he goes and makes his oh, own drink. Yeah. What's yeah. for dinner? Your favorite, lamb chops. Had them for lunch. <laughs> Served yes. those at the military commissary, apparently. Uh, I was really just waiting for him to be like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> just look over. That was next. That was after we left, that was coming up. Would you like uh, some salad, dear? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally nothing that was could be said that was going to make this guy happy. I was just waiting for him to just... Like, well, give, that, that, give that, that ultimate sigh. Uh, <laughs> just fuck you, Ethel. Uh, well, his job, he checks in with, with, with the bays. His job has been, for these low, these many years, to find these canisters. And he's prepared to do certain things whenever they're found. But his life is hell, just trying to find these canisters that these numbnuts are just sitting on. Oh, yeah, it looks uh, real bad. He's got this giant seaside <laughs> mansion he lives in with his own whiskey. Yeah, he's he gets, he gets off work at 4 p.m. He's eating lamb chops for lunch. I and had, dinner. I had, fruit, <laughs> I had a bowl of Fruit Loops for lunch. How about you guys? <laughs> Store brand Fruit Loops. I had lamb chops. They're called Loop Fruits. <laughs> they just switch the L and the... Uh, it's a Fruit Loop penis, Mom. Loop, loop Fruits. <laughs> They're just terrible. Um, well, he's got all this radio equipment in his house, and uh, Ethel, she's complaining, when are you going to find these things? All this radio equipment jams with my microwave. When will you find them? Christ, Ethel, I don't know. <laughs> and that's where you're right. I was Christ, just... Ethel, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I just got a real kid. I always, even as a kid, I got a kick out of that scene with that dude and his wife. That was me driving around Washington, D.C. Are we at Wisconsin Avenue yet? Christ, I don't know! <laughs> I was just waiting for him, like, her to just, like, come in there and just, oh. <laughs> How much longer do I have to put up with her? <laughs> it's a, You think he wants to probably shove her in one of those canisters? I found the canisters. <laughs> uh, at the end, he gives the coordinates to Ethel's, his mother-in-law's house. <laughs> you, you need to go visit your mom. Well, it's 7.30 p.m. now, and the gang of punks and sweet little Tina, which are really odd. You've got these these hardcore punks with, you know, mohawks and chains and every tattoos, and then you've got this little fragile little Tina hanging out with them, Freddie's girlfriend. It's an eclectic mix. It is. Uh, well, you know, and like here, I'm, you know, you see them and they're, and they're little banter and, and the, the clothes and everything else, and it just... And for the time of the the movie, I mean, it just like you know screams like you know rock and roll high school and, yeah. and you know Newcomb High and things it, like it that. It does yeah. have a very Newcomb High kind of feel to it. Um, well, they, Freddie doesn't get off till ten, so the gang decides to break into the Resurrection cer- uh, Cemetery next door to Freddie's work and party for a while. Uh, some of the other ones that we didn't mention: uh, Jewel Shepard as Casey. This is one of her rare clothed performances. She's she was in a lot of movies naked. In the I believe Dan O'Bannon yeah. found her in a strip club. Yes, he did. And 
she originally, or I think she had her in mind for the role of Trash, played by Leanna Quigley, who we've seen in, uh, she, we just saw her last episode. She was in uh, Beach Babes from Beyond. She, oh. she was the, the, the swimsuit lady who um, kidnapped. The main one? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then she was also in Robot Ninja as Burt Ward's yeah, secretary. Gotcha, gotcha. Very nice. Very nice. I guarantee you no other podcast has done three Linnea Quigley movies this year. <laughs> None. Or a uh, single Burt Ward movie. We did two of those, too. Burt Ward was in both of those. Um, so, uh, Leanna Quigley and, and Jewel Shepard, uh, two also kind of horror iconoclasts. Um, uh, yeah, Linnea was in the uh, original Silent Night, Deadly Night. She was. She got stuck on a big pair of antlers on the wall right through her boobs. They're antler boobs, Mom! Uh, but she's a legend. And speaking of legends, let's take a quick moment to talk about the legendary Liga Pravada from our friends at Drew Estate. Ten years ago, Drew Estate created Liga Pravada, the hardy, broadleaf bully that changed the cigar world forever. But it did not come easy. The hard work began deep in the Connecticut River Valley, where no expense was spared in their hunt for the dense, lush leaf required to make their dream cigar a reality. Highly coveted, this tobacco is historically treated as a reward for growers by growers. Yeah, be- I lost my firecracker. Because uh I lose your Yeah, mine too. Once you take the band off, the the wick kinda sorry, buddy. Hey, no problem. Um it's highly coveted uh and historically treated as a reward by growers because of its absolutely stunning taste, aroma, and appearance. Reinforcing the bond of partnership between farmer and manufacturer, which we've come to learn a little something about. Yeah few barn smokers. Uh, Liga came to life at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, uh, a home of Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua, where the proud tobacco men and women who worked wonders on the factory floor every single day crafted a cigar worthy of unmatched celebration. In 2018, on the heels of Nicaragua becoming the dominant country of origin for premium handmade cigars in the United States, Drew Estate proudly celebrates the 10-year anniversary of Liga Pravada and the 50th anniversary of Hoya de Nicaragua at this upcoming 2018 IPCPR convention, uh, which we will be there, and maybe we'll get to smoke some Liga Provadas. That'd be nice. I hope so. I'm a big fan of Liga Provada. Uh, it was one of my first cigars I've ever fell in love with. Gave it out at my wedding. And a certain person who had a big hand in that, Mr. Steve Saka, <clears throat> who's no longer with Drew State, but we're smoking his cigar tonight. That is correct. Funny how that comes about. Um, little side note, uh, you mentioned the relationship between farmers and the producers. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was a really good point that you made is that you know by going to these barn smokers, you get to actually see that relationship of manufacturer mingling with farmer, and uh, it was kind of neat to to see them interact together. Um, yeah, uh, we actually got to spend some time with the the farmers uh, who own the the Welks, the, the Welk family um, who own the. The Welk Tobacco Fields, where we did the Pennsylvania Barn Smoker. Really good uh, father-son. I think fourth generation. Fourth generation. Fifth. Uh, was it fourth or fifth? Fifth. The, the current, uh, he was the fourth, and his son will be the fifth generation. Uh, that's go. crazy, yeah. man. Um, how did that, how did that farm, 1919. How did that farm compare like in terms of overall size to the Florida Sun-Grown one? Uh, it's uh, actually larger. Larger. Most, than, yeah, okay. really larger, uh, but... But the, not all the of FSG it is. was only doing about three mm-hmm. acres of tobacco, and they're doing there at the Welk Farm about 18. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but they also have – that's just one thing they're growing right. there. They, had, right. they, had they do corn, wheat. I mean, he's it, – it's probably, you know, at least 
you know, 50 to 100 acres there. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I wanted to move to Pennsylvania. I God's still, country. Beautiful. I still talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So uh, come on out to uh, Drew Estate booth. Uh, I say booth. Drew Estate. Uh, Megasphere. Extravaganza at uh, IPCPR in Vegas. And uh, say hello to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club while you're there. Yay. We'll say hi back. We're not dickheads. No. Uh, well, it depends on if we're drinking. <laughs> drinking uh, go fuck boys. yourself. <laughs> oh, Christ, <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> um, so what is the Tuesday Night Cigar Club? Oh, Christ, I don't know. <laughs> you're wearing a T-shirt. Your picture on it. We may never uh, find it. I had him for lunch. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, well, finally, Frank and Freddie wake up on the basement floor from the blast of toxic gas the guy with the face. Uh, kind of reminds me of Yak Boy after those cheese curds we had uh, in Pennsylvania, am I right? I think that we don't uh, need to talk about that. So sorry. <laughs> uh, and they stumble their way upstairs into the warehouse. Just can't do anything with him. Oh, Christ. Sorry. There's all the laundry. They hear a dog panting. Upstairs, and they go up there and <laughs> discover a split dog, which are these dogs cut in half for anatomy classes. Anatomy classes, and it's laying on the ground. <laughs> it's it's been brought back to life. Well, I, I'm more questioning the fact that as you're looking at this dog that's been cut in half, you're like, well, isn't this like a fake thing? Like it's plastic or something? No, it's literally a dog that was taxidermied, and someone just cut it in half with the saw. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, you know, where's the other half of the dog? In, in Tucson. That's in, that's it's in Tucson. Yeah. Or at the it's University of St. Louis. St. Louis Medical School. I was, I was just wondering because... Uh, well, Frank does what any of us would do. He grabs a pair of crutches and just starts pounding the shit out of it. <laughs> die, die! Um, and then they hear moaning coming from the cadaver freezer. Uh, fuck that. They rush into the office and lock the door. Uh, Do you guys notice the eye test poster on the wall in the office? No, uh, yeah, it says Bird is a slave driver. If you read the letter, it's an eye chart, but it's like B and then U R T. If you read it, like the letters, uh, Bird is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who's going bald too. Ha ha ha. <laughs> read that and you've got twenty twenty vision. Ugh. That's a real eye test, by the way. Oh, okay. Awesome touch, doctor. You've seen that in the yeah, in the yeah. I've administered it myself. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, they're freaking the fuck out. <laughs> My God, the vision one has to have to read that eye test. Barking split dogs, cadavers moaning. Freddy wants to call the number on the side of the tank, which would any, make any logical person would, would do. <laughs> oh, you don't want the army crawling around this place? Do you know what that'll do for business? Uh, Frank yells. So he takes a sip of water, calms down. I'm calling the boss, which is the worst person you could call. Uh, <laughs> Everything Bert does is pretty much just <laughs> just terribly wrong. Um, in the cemetery uh, next door, Trash, played by uh, Linnea Quigley, asks Spider if he ever fantasizes about dying. She does. She thinks about a bunch of old men biting her and eating her alive. And then she tears off all her clothes and starts dancing naked on top of the grave. I just love the the off the camera audio as you hear trash is getting naked again. (laughs) Oh, here we go! So everyone gets out their road flares and just starts dancing around her as she does this strip. You can tell this is a a a common occurrence in this gang. Uh, This happens every weekend. (laughs) All of a sudden, Richard Dreyfuss's head pops up on a tombstone. (laughs) Nice. 
Remember back in high school when a young doctor used to talk about how he fantasized about old men eating his body and then he'd rip off his clothes and dance on top? Again, I'm telling tales out of school, aren't I? Yes. You're right. You just you can't confess anything to him. No. Summer nights. Hey, those are I cherish those memories. And apparently, all of our viewers across the globe do too. Now, I'm wondering how many of these beers will make that memory go away. There's only one way to find out. Uh, That's what our listeners are saying right now. <laughs> Wonder how many beers will make this podcast go away. Oh my god! Hey, if you don't like hearing about our wangs and us doing naked stuff, tough shit. <laughs> when are they going to stop talking about their wangs? Christ, that's all I don't know. Christ, Tuttle, I don't know. Uh, well, Bert has. Vincy, I made you lamb chops again. <laughs> Had, Had a lunch. <laughs> Uh, Bert has returned to the warehouse. Man, he was ready to party. He was so excited about getting out of there and partying. Um, and he's back. And now he's freaking the fuck out. Um, when he finds out that Frank and Freddy screwed around with those damn canisters, he's worried about being sued by the government. Because he only's had 20 years to return <laughs> them. He's worried about being sued by the Darrow Chemical Company who made this gas. Uh, which I think was a veiled slam, slide on a Dow chemical yes. company. Uh, and the only solution he sees is to destroy all the evidence of what just happened, which means opening up the meat locker and confronting that moaning cadaver in there. So he grabs a pickaxe. Uh, Freddie had suggested a surgical drill to drill the brain. That's what they did in the movies. Yeah. But Bert, he knows better. I got the, give me the pickaxe. Which he then promptly hands to Frank. <laughs> oh, Bert, you, ca- you caused this, you solve it. <laughs> Bert goes and positions himself in the... <laughs> yeah, he grabs onto this case. He gives him the, the combination to the, the you, padlock. You brain it with that axe. <laughs> this cadaver comes out full speed, just running towards him. Uh, it's like a yellow... It looks like a formaldehyde bloated corpse. It's just no. real yellow and waxy. It looks great. Like It, it looks... They did great. They would totally do that CGI now, probably, and it would look terrible. Uh, so they unlock the freezer. It comes running out. Uh, eventually, Frank and Freddie tackle it to the ground, like football <laughs> style, and they get it down on the ground. So Bert takes a bone saw and... Well, first he smashes it. First he brains first he it, brains first it he with brains the pickaxe. and so it does nothing. So its head is just stuck to the ground with this axe, but it's still going crazy so he gets a bone saw and he proceeds to saw the head off. First feature in the great line: the brain. You were supposed to hit the brain. I hit the fucking brain. <laughs> I mean, he literally did. He just stuck a pickaxe through the head, and you're thinking, "Well, that's it. That's Zombie it. dead. Fuck no." And that's a differentiate that I like. I, I like the fact that this isn't the, the the normal trope because, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like one of the first divergence from there. Once once oh, Romantic this, came out with Destroy the Brain, everybody destroyed the brain. This this movie veers a couple different ways. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, that's one of the things I remember from seeing it as a kid was just what an expert use of curse words Clue Gulager is. <laughs> yeah. It just rolls right out. And I'm, I'm quite proficient myself, but he's in his late 50s at that point. I mean, it's just perfect. Uh, and if you ever watch interviews with Clue, he, he's a character. Uh, he was made for this role. Yeah. Um, so he saws this this poor cadaver's head off, and the cadaver then proceeds. Now that it's free of its pickaxed head, it bench presses itself off the ground, does this little dance. <laughs> this, this, now this headless corpse, headless corpse is just running around, <laughs> and you're like, 
It makes no sense. All while James Karen in the background is going, oh, no, no. <laughs> Dude, he's just an emotional mess. Uh, well, eventually, Freddy uh, sacks the cadaver like a linebacker, and uh, they, they get it, and they decide they've got to destroy this thing completely. Uh, burn its bones, everything. Uh, so Bert looks out the window uh, next door, and he sees that his old friend, Ernie Kaltenbrunner, is working late at the crematorium next door. How, how convenient, convenient for that. Convenient, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he has an idea. Yeah, but can you trust that bastard? I've known him for 25 years. <laughs> but I'm not too sure. I don't know we have a choice, Frank. Frank is very always very suspicious of Ernie, uh, which I have. Uh, I think I might know why. We'll get into that later. Uh, more importantly, how are they going to get the cadaver over there without anybody catching on or whatever? Give me that bone saw. Give me the bone saw. Someone who owns a medical supply company, he's so skilled. <laughs> yes. Makes you wonder what other funny business has been going on over there. They've been keeping I wonder where they get all these perfect teeth. I think he had a secret. <laughs> um, well, it's now, a homicidal serial killer. <laughs> That's how they get their skeletons. It's now 9.16 p.m. in the cemetery, and Freddie's girlfriend, Tina, is imploring Trash to put on her clothes. Uh, the show's over, for God's sake. Uh, but Trash is still horny and naked, and she starts rubbing up against suicide in a desperate show of affection. Fuck you guys, man. You think this is some kind of fucking costume? It's a way of life. <laughs> I just love the fact that this just hot little thing is rubbing all... He just does not... Eat, he's not even affected. Yeah, he's pretty I've hard, seen this for the thousands of times. I was about to say, he's seen this like every weekend. Uh, he just wants some real friends. and he's. Like, I was really waiting for him to be like, ugh. He's just pissed off. Fuck they off. Only, they only call him when they want to ride somewhere. But he does kind of clear the area because Chuck the nerd is over there. And don't he say, like, scram, geek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... I love suicide. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to look at her and be like, give me some lamb chops. I have for lunch. You been hate Suicide's eating lamb chops? God. It was the what? 80s. Everybody's eating lamb chops. I, know, I was just waiting for suicide. God, you know, I didn't run away from my home. My dad was a jerk. <laughs> All he ever wanted was lamb chops. <laughs> He's the colonel's son. <laughs> oh, that's a nice twist. Well, I'm just saying, it's just that's what I thought immediately. Like these two guys are like they know each other. Yeah. When uh, will we find our son? Christ, Ethel, I don't know. Oh, and then he pushes trash over the side. Have some respect for the dead, will you? <laughs> Man, what a complicated guy. Uh, so full of emotions. You, the the guy you were talking about, the preppy Chuck, tries to put the moves on uh, Casey, um, but she's focused on what appears to be she sees Freddy and. Two other guys carrying a stretcher <laughs> full of moving bags over to the crematorium, and everybody's like, "That's crazy." What would is Fred- that, Freddie? It clearly is because he's like fifty yards away. They can <laughs> they can see him perfectly. No, what would Freddie be doing going to the crematorium at this hour? Well, sure enough, despite Chuck saying what we all just saw, that's crazy talk. We then join Freddie, Frank, and Bert as they haul a bunch of body parts over to the local crematorium for Bert's buddy Ernie to help them out. How did they show up at the door? Eh, Ernie boy, how long have we been friends? Doctor and I were talking about this earlier today. Anytime a dude shows up at your place at night and the first thing he's asked is how long you've been friends, <laughs> you know something <laughs> horrible is going to go on. I wrote that on my notes. How long have we been friends? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> It's never going to be like... Because here's something I want to do. How long we've been friends? It's never going to be like good for you. Like, I was thinking about how long we've been friends and I brought you something. No, (laughs) you're always going to want something. Um, 
Well, <laughs> well, first clue to Ernie's character is that when he's uh, breaking out the rigor mortis and listening to his headphones, he's listening to the official song of the German Africa Corps, the yes, army commanded by Rommel when they fought in North Africa. The character of Ernie, played to perfection here by Don uh, Kalfa, is long rumored to be an ex-Nazi in hiding. Um, he shares his name, Ernst Kaltenbrunner, with a famous Nazi, and I guess in the DVD commentary, uh, Dan O'Bannon actually does say that he's an ex he's an ex Nazi. He's got a Luger. Uh, he does have a Walther P38 German pistol. Yep. He is listening, as the doctor said, to the German Africa Corps march song, "Panzer Rollen in Afrika Vor." Uh, while he does his embalming work, a little bit of history for you. There's a photograph a of Eva well. Braun in his. <laughs> In his uh, laboratory here. That's he's a Nazi. <laughs> uh, he's got a crematorium. And, oh. and when it starts raining later, he refers to the rainstorm coming down like Ein betrunken Soldat, which means a drunk soldier in German. So there's a lot of clues here. Nazi. I'll, but what I like about... Uh, I've probably seen this movie 50 times over the last 25 years. I never picked up on the Nazi thing. I, I just went over my head as a kid. I mean, I, I yeah. just, I never, that's one of the reasons I like, sometimes we do these movies that I've loved my whole life. I learned something. Like, I never, I never picked up on that. I stuff. didn't either. I, I actually listened to the audio commentary when I, when the DVD first came out, whenever that was 10 years or longer. Uh, so that was the first time when, when uh, O'Bannon said it. I was like, oh, shit. A lot of clues there. Well, Ernie is a dedicated funeral preparer, and despite Bert's explanation that it's just a bunch of rabid weasels in these bags, <laughs> that uh, oh, dude, great delivery. What is that? Rabid weasels. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about quick thinking. Lamb chops. <laughs> rabid lamb chops. <laughs> he no, he says these. They basically got a shipment of rabid weasels in, and he doesn't want the government coming in on his business. It's gonna be bad for business, so. He, he has Ernie if they can just burn him alive in the thing. Oh, good God, Bert. That's inhumane. Let me at least shoot him first. And that's when he's like, this isn't going to be so simple. It ain't weasels in the bag, Ernie. Ernie, it ain't weasels in the bag. <laughs> so they unwrap one of the bags, and it's the severed arm of the cadaver, which quickly grabs Ernie's tracksuit pants and starts shaking him. And, uh, oh, it's such a good scene. You just see Bert. Oh, Ernie. Oh, Ernie. And apparently, Dale Mannion never made the connection that his two main characters were Bert and Ernie. <laughs> like, I always thought that was kind of a funny thing, but he—I guess that was just happenstance. Nah, I think he knew what he was doing. You think so? I think he knew. Well, now that we've got uh, the gang well established over at the crematorium. Uh, speaking of burning things, yeah, I see. Yeah, you're about halfway done on your cigar. Yes. Uh, are you about to light up your second? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doctor as well. What was your uh, impression of the cigar? I really liked it. Um, I, I usually have a little more difficulty than you guys in being able to articulate the different flavor notes, but uh, even more so with this, I just know I liked it. Uh, it, it had that, that that coffee kind of flavor. It never wavered. Um, yeah, it was pretty consistent. There was never like a real... Which I guess with three and a half inches, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah, for... there's not a lot of transition. That's what I tell all my dates. <laughs> just... You're not going to get a lot of transitions tonight, baby. Cigar is so penisy. But you are going to get a lot of power. <laughs> three and a half inches. It's strong, but there's not a lot of consent. Um, yeah, it, it definitely lacked some of the 
the I think just the size of it, it lacked some of the the innuendos abound. <laughs> so many innuendos. The, the, there's just not. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it didn't have a lot of the, the what I remember the me creator profile. Um, but uh, as far as strength, as far as uh, the it does have that characteristic co- rich coffee note. Um, if you know. you're a fan of Lajero, you're gonna love this cigar. But you are. Yes, and I do like this cigar a lot. Never had to be relit. I had to get the oh, no construction. No construction. Was yeah, that, that's been solid. It's pretty much a classic Saka stick. It really mm. is. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. And the only thing questionable that I come up with is like you know, am I get the the woodsiness? Am I getting that from the beer, or am I getting that from the cigar? I think it's all the beer. So, yeah. that, and that's that's where I'm headed. But I am like, getting some of that Nicaraguan earth, yeah, earthiness yeah. in the cigar, which right. goes so good with the coffee. And you're right, that's that's typical Saka uh, sub, and it's really really good. It's, yeah. it's a really uh, good quick smoke. I was about to say, I, as much as I hate to admit it, I like the size on that thing because it doesn't take that long to smoke. I mean. You're not into it for two hours. So if you know that you want a real good, powerful, flavorful cigar, but you don't have two hours to commit to it in the you know Churchill size or the six six inch size, this is a great go to cigar for that. Well, on that note, you want to uh, talk price point? Seventeen eighty five. Good God! How'd you know that? No, it's not. No, uh, I'm gonna start with the doctor. Well, this is limited to one uh, retailer, two guys uh, smoke shop. Um, trying to factor that into it. It is a it is a little bit trickier to make with, with the that little with the, the firecracker um, fuse on there. Uh, yours stayed on when I took off my band. Um, well, that was my, my that was my one concern because I was like, off. you know, once you once you clip that end, yeah, and I was trying to like do it and not clip it. Uh-huh. Which was kind of difficult because I mean it just literally folds right off the end. Yeah. So I was trying to clip the side to get a draw, but I still ended up. I mean, it's a novelty. Yeah. Um. And and so far, I mean, it's it's stayed on, but I don't know. I'm gonna I, guess twelve. Twelve dollars. Yeah, it seems high, but it is limited. It's rare. They've one like you said one shop. I'm gonna have to. I'm given the size and everything else. I mean, I don't think they'd want to go just gangbusters on. I'm gonna say ten. I go thirteen fifty. Six ninety nine. Very nice. You're shitting me. Very nice. Wow. Nope. I got a box of twenty for. I think it was 125 shipped. Maybe. That's not bad. 120 something shipped. Yeah, that's that's really nice. That's good value. Yeah. Wow, a limited. That is really, really nice. High quality smoke that they don't uh, rake you over the coals with the. Yeah. I thought uh. for, I thought for sure limited, difficult to make. It's a good quality cigar. Rare. I, I mean, thought like, this is double our, digits easy. Yeah, and once these are sold, they're gone. You're yeah. never going to get this you again. Know, this, this, you know, they. This is our stick this year. This is it. Yeah. I purposely guessed high because of that. Yeah. yeah. But I, even so, if you had just said it was not limited and not hard to get, I still would. I would have. I would probably have guessed ten. I me too. I wouldn't have gone under ten. Six nine nine. Look how happy that made him. Uh, Steve's probably going to listen to this. Oh man, I should have should have asked for more. He's got no. This is all. That's two. I mean, two guys sets the price. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, like I said, uh, Romacraft, theirs is going to be coming out, I believe, the same year. So I imagine the prices would be comparable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. We all like good the job. price. Yeah, good job. Good job. Uh, so thumbs up on the cigar all the yep. way around. Let, uh, you guys are lighting up another one. You're still going here. I'm going to be lighting up another one here shortly. Um yeah. Okay. Uh, the beer, boy, I just uh, I don't know. <laughs> it does taste good, but I think on this particular instance with the current weather we're having, I think this would have been fantastic, say, around, you know, October, yeah. November. I was just yeah. about to say, this, this is a fantastic <laughs> it, 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 would, it would coat the insides, keep you warm, whereas right now, <laughs> I just, I don't need anything coating this would, be a, this would be a great beer when you're watching some college football on a Saturday night around Halloween. Oh, they're, they're talking. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, well, I'm sure there'll still be some in the fridge then, so... Uh. <laughs> it's a nice, cool 65 degrees outside. This would be perfect. Unfortunately, <laughs> it hasn't been 65 about degrees in about three months. <laughs> well, you actually can't win them all. Can't you? Oh. <laughs> Just do better with the pairings next time, huh? <sighs> Once again, wasn't Maybe check the check the weather. That would always be nice. Hey, Tut, you like cats? Yeah. How does a cat know what the weather's going to be like? How? It checks the fur cast. All right, let's record. All, let's, all, the, all the memorable We're back things. from break. Let's, uh, well, you didn't like Amish jokes, and so now I can't tell cat <laughs> jokes? No, you can't. Oh, you can't you tell cat jokes. Tell good just, ones. Just stick to the penis jokes. <laughs> Look, I got two kids. I hear a lot of really bad jokes, all right? <laughs> Uh, what's a dentist's favorite animal? What? What is a dentist's favorite animal? A molar bear. Why did the Amish woman ask for a divorce? Hey, easy, easy. Uh, I'm just gonna try to bring it around. Aww. Her husband was driving her buggy. Next door in the cemetery, Tina fears that Freddie will be getting off work soon, so she breaks free of the gang and heads over to the Unita warehouse. U N E E D A. Unita. Unita. Unita split dog. You could give us a call. You need a pair of clown shoes. <laughs> hey, by the way, you give uh, the doctor a call. I need a rogue dead guy. You're already. I'm going to. I'm yeah. The I'm pulling the ripcord on this. Uh, before we move on, want just you, one. Uh, Hmm? You just one? Yeah. You need a dead guy? Well, have we got one hey, for you? Hey, zombie movie, dead guy beer, still got it, baby. It's a pretty cool can, you man. Supposed to say I had one for lunch. Uh, it's a sweet can. Tell us about this beer, yeah. The Rogue Breweries Dead Guy Ale. And as from their own, our bold and complex Maybach style ale that has been introduced countless beer drinkers to craft beer the world over for 25 years. Chock full of rich caramel malts and herbal hop nuances tied together with a balanced hop bitterness. This guy is still as drinkable as ever. That sounds nice. I have had this before. Hey. Yes, they actually sell it in the same type of uh, bottles that the Arrogant Bastard comes in. Oh, the big, the big, uh, uh, big bottles? My local greengrocer. Yes, uh, Rogue, uh, the brewery was founded in 1988 in Ashland, Oregon. 
the following year, the company opened their second brew pub in Newport, Oregon, where they are now headquartered. The, they operate brew pubs in Oregon, Washington, and California. Uh, their beers are all across the U.S. We're lucky to have them here as well. Uh, I'm fairly certain, but I mean, don't quote me on it. But I got to go back and check. I think we did Dead Guy. We did the uh, Bastard. No, we didn't do the Dead Guy. We did their uh, barrel aged. Uh, their barrel aged. Oh wait, no, that's we did that's the stone. No, 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 Bastard is a stone. stone. I think I'm fairly certain we did I the Dead Guy. I kind of want to think we, that we've, we've never did. done this, have we? I kind of think that we did. I have to go back and check. We haven't done any zombie movies. Why would we do a Dead Guy beer? We've done tons of... I, it, was a, it was a horror flick. We did Maggie, that's it. Well, no, 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 I don't mean a zombie flick, a horror flick. And I think we did... Definitely was a show I wasn't present for. I, that can doesn't look familiar to me at all. No, they changed the can. They used to uh, have... Yeah, it used to not be this cool matte black. Yeah, it was It was like a like a hologram colored, but it had, that, it had the same character on it. Yeah. Well, at the next uh, commercial break, we'll have to check, check our, ar- <laughs> our archives. We, um, we have archives? Well, Tut, let us know uh, how that does. I'm going I'm to uh, stick with the clown shoes for a while. Be a man, damn it. Be a man! Frank, be a man, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tina uh, heads over to the... No one else will join her in the middle of the night in this dark, horrible part of town. So she decides to go over to the warehouse to uh, find better. Freddy. A little better. Uh, but little does she know that Freddy's night is just starting. Uh, Ernie tells Bert that <laughs> perhaps he acted precipitously in chopping the body up into so many little pieces. And then the count oh. comes in. You need to chop it up in one, <laughs> two. Well, oh, man, are you sure you didn't know about Sesame Street, Dan O'Banion? No, I just had this count puppet in here. <laughs> well, maybe so, Ernie, but I did it. <laughs> I love Bert's, uh, hey, you might be right there, Ernie boy, but I did it. Maybe so, Ernie, but I did it. Uh, <laughs> if there's a wrong move to make, I make it, buddy. Um, <laughs> well, re- Ernie reluctantly agrees to burn everything in the furnace. What about the teeth and the bones? We don't even want those. Well, I'll turn it up a little bit more. We don't even want the ashes. Well, then I'll turn it up, up a little, a little bit, bit more. more. But you're going to owe me big time, pal. Hardest thing to burn is the heart. Well, why? It's just one big old tough muscle. We don't even want the heart, Ernie. We want the- <laughs> well, then I'll turn it up even higher. <laughs> Look, I'll just turn it up the highest it goes, Bert, all right? Is that having, is that good enough for you? Well, you want it higher than that, Ernie. <laughs> uh, well, starting with a, a new tracksuit, I think, is going to be Ernie's first. Uh, you owe me big time. I'm going to need another wine-colored Puma <laughs> tracksuit. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he had to cut off the, the pant leg. Where These the, things don't grow on trees. Where the hand... Uh, the, the cadaver hand had grabbed him. This cost me nineteen ninety nine at Oshman's. As a oh Oshman's. <laughs> as uh, as Ernie loads all the stuff into the furnace. Uh, before we go on, yeah. the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. You were here for that. <laughs> and we did do another zombie movie. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> I wonder why our memories aren't so pristine. Oh, hey, at least it's our second beer. We did that Shiner Oktoberfest twice, and we didn't even know we'd had it before. <laughs> till like, the show was almost over. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Great. Now i got to testify on another committee. This beer tastes <laughs> like it's familiar as if we've had it before. Wait many times. The shame I'm feeling. 
I have felt the same before. You know, Cade, perhaps you acted precipitously in having Tuttle grab the dead... <laughs> well, I know, but I did it. Well, maybe so, Doc, but I, I did I've got you, rogue dead guy elf. We well, had it 30 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> did you like it? Christ, Ethel, I don't know. How were the clown shoes? The usual crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Ernie is loading all these body parts into the furnace, Frank, a very sweaty Frank, Frank and Freddy look like shit. Uh, he looks over at Freddy. I could run that goddamn machine by myself. He's got a lot of disdain for Ernie, and I think it's because he knows the Nazi stuff. You disgust me after 25 years <laughs> of friendship. Uh, well, he's not friends with Frank. Yeah, Frank, Frank's old enough. He could have been a WW2 soldier. Yeah. 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 Could be Jewish. Yeah. We don't know. He knows a Gestapo swine when he sees one. Uh, but the key here is just Frank and Freddy are just looking terrible. Uh, they're, they're just going down. Well, once again, fast. Bert has decided to cover his own ass before taking his employees to seek medical attention. Because they clearly need it. <laughs> they're translucent at this point. <laughs> they're bleeding blood out of their eyeballs. Oh. I don't hey, feel hey, good. Hey, Frankie boy, what's going on here? <laughs> He's, he's clicking his heels again once the stuff's burning. Like he's he's ready to get back to the fireworks. He's oh what an asshole. Uh, as Ernie burns the cadaver and split dogs in the furnace, we see the chimney of the crematorium spew out thick gray smoke, which quickly enters the atmosphere and resulting in a Uh-oh. giant rainstorm of acid rain uh, coming down hard. That it's yeah, not good, is it, Ted? The gang hanging out in the cemetery starts getting burned by the acid rain, and they run for cover. Poor uh, trash. <laughs> well, she's still naked. She's still naked. She's getting burned uh, by the acid rain. They cram back into Suicide's car, which is a convertible, so that's not much help. But he can't get it to start, uh, and the rain's pouring down on everybody. Things are about to get bad, aren't they, guys? Is it? Bad. I think so. I'm not sure. I think it's far too early to tell. The way the music kicks in, you know something's happening. Well, back in the crematorium, as the stuff still burns, sending even more of the smoke out, um, Bert finally considers taking uh, the boys to the ER. You know what? You look like shit. Uh, but, but Excuse me. You know what? You look like shit. It's too late. Frank runs off projectile vomiting all over the place. Uh, and Freddie, he's not, he's not looking much better. So Ernie steps up, because Bert still isn't going for the phone. Ernie steps up and calls some paramedics to to come help out. Uh, The contaminated acid rain is bringing zombies to life from the cemetery. We see corpses crawling out of the grave, both like fresh corpses, skeletons, old war guys in their old like. Was it supposed to be a military cemetery? Because when when Tina, a few scenes earlier, decides to leave by herself and go look for Freddy, I noticed that randomly there in the graveyard there was a Civil War field piece. It was like an old six-pounder cannon sitting there. Well, there is there is some old soldiers that crawl out of the ground, um, which ironically they're not skeletons. Yeah, but but they're very, <laughs> but they're very much in the in the vein of like thriller. Uh, they look great. Yeah, but they, yeah, well, they, but they, they really it do. is it is it is later established. It's in supposed to be in uh, Kentucky. Yeah, so so, so, so that's a Civil War era state. Yeah. Some history right there. Maybe when we go to the Kentucky Barn Smoker, we can find the Resurrection se- uh, Cemetery. I don't know if we All find it. You need a medical supply. I'm <laughs> out of there. I was going to dance for you on a tombstone, but... Uh, if we go to Unita, I'm finding that dog. 
the other half. <laughs> do you have any split dogs? Do we? <laughs> What's the yeah. craziest thing you've ever seen in here? I always told I always told the doctor I always thought Rabid Weasels would be a great punk rock band, <laughs> and then you get the split dogs to open up for you. Oh, sweet, <laughs> sweet. Uh, well, uh, the, yeah, the, the zombies look everything from skeletons to just, uh, but they're not like the Romero blue tinted. These things are gross yeah. for the most part. Just uh, really, they got creative with the look of the zombies. Uh, all prosthetics and. Heavy makeup. They're all slimy and wet, and they just look good. They look really they look good. good. Um, well, the gang of goofballs uh, in Suicide's car are freaking out like crazy, so they decide to get out of the rain. They run over to the Unita warehouse for shelter, uh, where Tina is is way ahead of them. As a matter of fact, she's they hear her down in the basement um, of the warehouse looking for Freddy, um, but she doesn't find Freddy down there. No, no. Remember the body in the canister that they tapped and unleashed? He's loose. And he's been in that canister for 20-something years, and he is one of the most iconic zombies in film history. He is known as the Tar Man. And he is just amazing. From a, Beautiful. From a choreography, the way that the, they, way moves. the actor moves... To the just the look, I mean, it really looks like a walking skeleton with just it's ta- good. covered in it's tar. It's good. It's really good. Um, he, he's amazing. Um, so he's emerged from the trioxin barrel and is stumbling um, after her, hungry for her brains. Brains. I want your brains. You Why is that important? Why is that important? This is the first zombie movie to spe- specify that the zombies want to eat brains. Yeah. No one, no one went there before. Um, the four of us are safe. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? What were we talking about? <laughs> exactly. Uh, when there are Simpsons where the zombies like brains and they come up to Homer and feel his head and they're like, I they, think so. They, they, they I think so yeah. Um. Well, also, this is, I believe, one of the first zombie movies that features fast zombies that'll run after yeah. you and chase you. Uh, George was, do, was still doing the, which I prefer the slow. Yeah, I like my I like my zombie. I like slow. my zombie slow. But well, in this well, case, it worked. It was worse than 28 days later when they're sprinting. Yes, uh, which was a choice. And done the Dawn of the Dead remake, they were really fast. Uh, but 28 days later, they well, were just like rabid. Just well, I appreciate well, but I appreciate like with 28 days later. Similar to this, they weren't classic zombies. They were like a chemically reanimated type deal. They weren't like what was a virus? Yeah. yeah, they weren't technically supposed to be zombies. They weren't. Yeah, it was, right. Uh, it, was, it was a viral thing. Um, so yeah, they had their own kind of aesthetic going on. When the gang arrives at uh, Unita to escape the harsh rain, they uh, they hear Tina down there screaming, trying to escape from the the tar man. And as they rush to help her, uh, Tarman Zombie takes a huge, gross, chunk, like an apple bite out of Suicide's head. And you just see his brains ooze out. Oh, it's so gross and awesome. Uh, it's one of my favorite zombie bites in history. Um, which makes the rest of the gang scream and tear and ret- <laughs> retreat upstairs as fast as they can, uh, locking the basement door and the, the Tarman down there. Uh, they're just completely freaking out. So they decide, keep in mind, these, these aren't Menza members here. They just, their first reaction to everything is just run to a different place. Yes. Oh, this sucks. Let's run over there. <laughs> we just ran. We just came from there. Let's go. So they, It's better than here. 
they decide to run back out into the burning rain, into the cemetery. Uh, and as they do that, oops, trash, uh, our beautiful naked trash, uh, gets pounced on. Uh, by a whole bunch of old men. By a whole bunch of old men that start eating her alive. Like Dr. Fantasized about in high school. I don't, never actually had that fantasy. Um, well, I did, but I never told him about it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's okay if you did. The paramedics show up at the crematorium, and they quickly determine that Frank and Freddie are clinically dead. Um, they find no pulse whatsoever. Their bo- uh, their bodies are room temperature. Um, reminds me of an ex-girlfriend. Am I right, Yax? <laughs> 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 Uh, well, they're clinically dead, but that can't be right, obviously, because Frank and Freddie are still talking and 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 going on and on about it. Um, so the paramedics go out to their ambulance to get some stretchers and call this madness into it, home base. Bird, Bird is still not helping out. Oh no, no, any idea what gas could have done this? I can make some calls. Uh, make, some, <laughs> make some calls, but not until morning. Yeah, it's gonna be at least till the Fourth of July weekend. It's gonna well, be it's tough. Could you do it? It might save their lives. Oh, well, uh, I don't know. And, and even Frank is a loyal employee at this point. Like he's not even saying anything. He's like, uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, yeah, but dude, fucking Bert. I make some calls, but not till morning. Yeah, not, not till after that barbecue on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, boy, nothing ruffles that members only jacket, does it? Um, so the paramedics go out to get their uh, stretchers and call it in, and they're immediately swarmed by zombies and, and devoured. Brains. Brains. Uh, and unlike the gang members, these paramedics, they seem to be kind of with it. They probably have big, juicy brains. Probably. They have some education in them. Well, that's why the zombies ordered up more. You'd think the zombies would target like universities and scholarly places because you'd have big, juicy brains. As the doctor said, I think we're safe in here. <laughs> Uh, Spider and Tina bang on the crematorium doors. <coughs> Excuse me, until Ernie, gun first, finally lets them in. Hold on, dude. This is another one of those Gulager's ability to use profanity. Yeah. When you, we hear them knocking on the door, and he's like, "What the hell is that, Ernie?" Someone's at the front door. Well, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> well, let's go find out. Oh, man, those two. Uh, well, they tell an insane tale of zombies coming from the ground, and when they recount the story of the tar man zombie back at the warehouse, that's when Bert loses his shit. Oh, shit! Oh, God, oh, damn, God damn it, shit! <laughs> uh, this definitely isn't going to be good for Bert's business. Uh, my Yelp re- Oh, God, can you imagine if Bert was around in the taste of My <laughs> Yelp reviews! Uh, Ernie then suggests... <laughs> Ernie finally suggests that maybe things have gotten out of hand. There's zombies everywhere, Bert. Maybe we should do something. I don't know, Ernie. Uh, Ernie, let's wait till the barbecue. <laughs> I've had my rib, these ribs been marinating for three days. Ernie, come on now. Can I can I come to your party, Bert? I, don't know. I was going to use your crematorium to cook them, but not this time. Friends for 25 years, Bert? Maybe we can start with an invite to the barbecue? <laughs> I don't know. I've been slow yeah. cooking a brisket for seven or two hours, aren't <laughs> <I? Yeah. laughs> What else the fuck am I going to do? I've been doing it low and slow. Uh, <laughs> all, of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, key shows up. Uh, what do you got there? You've got rabid weasels. Fieri's out there putting some sort of ground mustard on the brains. That's killer. That's just killer. This guy graduated Loyola Marymount, head of his class. Look at the brain on this guy. 
this is you need a medical supply. <laughs> We're here. You need. A <laughs> you looking for split dog? This split, is it. The split dog. The split dog street tacos at you need a medical supplier. <laughs> out of sight. Put a little cilantro on that half puppy. Oh yeah. Here's the chef, Burt Wilson. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? I was just waiting like, it's going to be bad for business. Yeah, Zombies wait. peel away from the vein. There's guy right there like, anyways. <laughs> hey, Suicide's Convertible look kind of like guys. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm not giving you a goddamn recipe. You hair dyed piece of shit. Get the fuck out of my warehouse. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, Ernie then suggests maybe things are out of hand. You think, Ernie? And Bert is fucked. Uh, to clarify that fact, Ernie charges outside to commandeer the ambulance and get out of there. But when he turns around, there's a little midget zombie eating one of the paramedics, and it starts waddling on its little legs over to him, and it he shoots at it a bunch with his pistol, and he gets his ass back in the house. That's a crazy zombie. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the first little person zombie on yes. film. Yes. Yikes. It's too late. You already said midget. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, we'll just bleep that out. We'll put hot dog in there. <laughs> and then the hot dog. Uh, but it's creepy little yeah. little zombie. Oh, it was crazy. I can see that really freaking you out, did it? No, I, I busted out laughing. And then I felt guilty for laughing as it was waddling up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, if, so, I'm, I'm going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a, a little person, husband, and wife, if they die, do they just pay for one lot? Oh, God. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to go down this road. Back to your Amish jokes. <laughs> just saying. It's less space. Let me just just go back. Rewind. You know what? Excuse me for asking the uncomfortable questions that our listeners Yes, they are know. uncomfortable. They're definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> You know, if Bert's in charge of the cemetery real estate, he's not giving them any kind of discount. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, there's two yeah, bodies. I don't uh, care how tall you are. We still got to dig a hole. Huh? All right. Throw <laughs> uh, both, both your little sons of bitches in there, but it's going to cost you the same. These zombies are clever, too. <laughs> Unlike Romero's, who don't talk, one of the zombies gets in the paramet- the ambulance, gets on the radio, send more paramedics. And do you think the dispatcher's like, okay. Like that's, <laughs> I have no we know this gravelly, scratchy voice, but <laughs> I'll do what you say. I didn't sound like Charlie, but maybe he's been sick this week. Uh, dispatch, we're going to send out. He wants 20 more paramedics with big, juicy brains. Get, those, get them out there. <laughs> Only the smartest paramedics are requested. Yeah. But I'm the asshole. Let's just go back to nice, clean jokes. Just nice. Clean jokes. No, I'm not telling any more jokes tonight. You guys, you guys ruined it. Oh, thank goodness. Well, maybe so, but I did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Cade? Perhaps you acted precipitously in telling the asking about the funeral arrangements of little people. Well, you might be right there, buddy boy, but I did it. Maybe so, buddy boy, but I did it. <laughs> well, thank God I didn't wear my members only jacket. Think how hot I would be with that on. <laughs> Uh, at this point, we get our classic siege moment, where Ernie and Spider and the others start to nail boards uh, covering all the windows and doors, and the uh, it's really trying to seal the crematorium shut from all the zombies. All hell's breaking loose, and the soundtrack plays along with the action beautifully. It's a, a punk rock, rockabilly soundtrack, 
Um, the and, this, and this is why I said it just leads right into that that rock and roll high school feel. It on does. This. Yeah. The, the music really keeps the fun aspect of this. Yeah. Uh, it's got a really. Uh, it reminds me a lot. A lot of the music reminds me a lot of the band that used to play up at the O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas. The uh, the girl drummer and the oh uh, the Flame Trick Subs. Flame Trick Subs Flame at Trick Austin. Subs, yeah. They did a bunch of horror kind of themed yeah. rockabilly music. Kind of remind me of this yeah. a little bit. By the uh, way, uh, I always wondered when I saw Gulager swinging that plumber's pipe. Uh, according to IMDb, he had a real pipe, but then it snuck in a rubber last. one because O'Bannon was worried about, this is on IMDb, his frequent, aggressive, and sometimes violent, angry outbursts. Yeah, they didn't want him swinging around a real pipe and, <laughs> and, cl- and clocking these dudes with it. Uh, You've broken the forearms of 17 extras. Well, maybe so, Danny boy, but I did it. He, Gulliger is an interesting character. Uh, HBO used to have that show Project Greenlight, yeah. where they would people would submit scripts yeah. and they right. would uh, pick a director and a and a script and they'd take you through the the filming process. The I want to say the second or third season of that, the first two films didn't do anything and, and by all accounts weren't very good. So horror was kind of having a moment and they decided they were going to do a horror film uh, for the Project Greenlight film. And the director who won the gig of directing it was John Gulliger, Clue's son. And he cast his dad. It was called Feast. was the name of the movie. And uh, it was about a, a bar that was sieged upon by m- monsters. And uh, Clue, I think, played the old bartender in the thing. But watching that, Clue was still... He's up there in, in years, but he was still kind of a firecracker on set. You know, he's got opinions and... Yeah, he's he's a cantankerous, yeah. very <laughs> smart, but uh, very uh, cantankerous, eh? You like that word? <laughs> I do. Curmudgeonly. I'm gonna stick with. I remember in one of the interviews he said something like, you know, well, you know, it's enjoyable acting. You know, you gotta have something enjoyable in this goddamn miserable shit ass life or something, something like fucking miserable existence. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I made it to 90 years old. There's Kill one. Me. There's clue, one where clue, we brought you some lamp chops. <laughs> there's one where he started yelling at somebody, like they showed it behind the scenes. Like, never. I'm talking to another actor or some. Don't do it. And uh, Jeremy Lawson told me he was present for that. Oh yeah, we had a friend who actually I think yeah he was a PA on on Feast and uh, yeah I forgot he was on that. But yeah, uh, he's an interesting character. He might have been the one Clue was yelling at. He could have been the goddamn Jeremy. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> I think Jeremy brought him his lamb chops for lunch, and he had had them for breakfast. Um, well, um, what is that? We we're talking about the music. Uh, once the crematorium is secure, as secure as you can get it with some... I love how these places always have just an inordinate amount of lumber and hammer and nails. Well, I'm also wondering why the crematorium itself had, like, metal sliding doors so, like, nothing could... That's not really something uh, to keep things out, but more to keep things in. He's If you he's were a Nazi... He's a Nazi. He's high. If the shit goes down, he's he's got a contingency plan. I'm just saying. He, That's why he, he had the bars installed. Yeah. He had, I mean, bars on... I mean, he, honestly, we've got to block off these windows. No, you don't. <laughs> nobody's getting in. No, nobody's getting out. I mean, no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> it is cool that you see some like, hands come through the stained glass, and uh, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool little siege moment. Um, but there's a much uh, bigger problem than the zombies outside. Bert. Freddy. <laughs> Bert. Uh, Bert is a larger problem. 
Freddie and Frank are now <laughs> stiffing up. You know. As rigor mortis is settling in. Uh, rigor mortis? What do you mean, rigor mortis? Uh, their bodies are getting all... I think that actually takes a lot longer... They're dead. ...to, to happen, but they're they're officially dead now. Uh, but alive. Talking. Another round of paramedics show up, and they're quickly swarmed by zombies. Uh, cops show up, and they're toast as well. Everybody comes near this place. Uh, I think Bert is the one that says it. Anybody who comes around here is dead meat. <laughs> Let's keep calling in for help. <laughs> selfish bastard. I gotta get to that bar. Call in the army. Bring in thousands more. Uh, during the siege, they manage to capture a female zombie. They pull her through a window, and she rips it in half. It's just her, her torso. And they tie her to an examination table, where uh, she tells them that she needs to eat brains to make the pain of being dead go away. She can feel herself rotting. I, thought, I always thought that was a great scene. I thought that was a, a, great, a scene. great scene. Not only that, but she looks really, really good. Uh, well, I guess if you're into that. Kind no, of I mean the prosthetic. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just a creature. The, no, yeah, it's a creature. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean the, the effects. I mean just you know what they did with the practical stuff. I mean it's, oh, it's good. No, it's cool. it is a it's a believable you character see, even you see though the it's bottom a puppet. of her spinal thing wiggling around like as she talks. She looks great. And it's a great it's a great juxtaposition because uh, I guess what seven years now when uh, Walking Dead premiered. Their first zombie was a crawler zombie that was chopped in half. And I think this was probably where the person took it from. Because in, in the comic book itself, that was... The way they did it within the, the TV show versus the way the guy drew it within the comic book. The comic book, if you go back and look, looks exactly, exactly like, like this. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was very impactful. I liked it. Hey, Cade juxtaposition. Sounds like we've got our brain to throw in front of us. Sacrifice. Hold him out. He's got a big vocabulary. Eat him. Oh, I said cantankerous earlier. That oh, puts a target on my head. Yes, it does. I swear that's all I've got in the tank. <laughs> Gar shot him or nothing. If I drink enough of these tonight, though, I think I'll be safe. Uh, there's a zombie movie idea. Get so you get they You're want, so drunk that the zombies they, they don't walk in. They, yeah. they can smell your your brain no, I activity. Thought, I thought they did a horror movie like that. No, that. we did it on the show. It was that Irish movie where the aliens wouldn't eat you if you were if you're drunk. Drunk. Oh, uh, grabbers. Grabbers. So that everybody just got shit faced the whole movie. <laughs> Why didn't they go after him? It's because he was drunk. <laughs> Wait, we can do that too. <laughs> it was awesome. Keep drinking. Finally, an excuse for my lifestyle. Exactly. Ain't nobody gonna eat me. Oh, God, I'm sober. Oh, shit. Um, well, she looks awesome, uh, which makes Miguel Nunez Jr., uh, Spider, say, How do we kill these mothers? Which leads Bert to counter with that. That is the question. <laughs> he just, just now, he, now he's just serious. Just don't say anything. <laughs> like, if you don't have an answer, don't give any answer. But Bert always has to say something. Yes. That's, that's the question there, Spider. Uh, Miguel Nunez Jr. is just thank you for pointing that so out. So good in this. Yes. Um, not as good as he was uh, a few years later in Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Well, I like I said, demon, He's spider, and demon. Uh, that, he's demon in that one. Though. Well, I liked him as the pool thug in Action Jackson. That's still one of my favorites. He is. Uh, he was homeless when they made this movie. He actually was living on the streets of L.A. when he auditioned for that. That was thing. his car. That he, that was his house. <laughs> that was his house. 
And uh, a long yeah, IMDb resume. Yeah, he somehow res- was eating lamb chops for lunch. <laughs> <every day. laughs> a long IMDb resume. Yeah. Yeah, he's worked Still steadily. Yeah. He looks pretty much the yeah, same. He really had an age. He hasn't aged scary. a bit. Yeah. Um, well, as Bert says, that is the question. Uh, speaking of questions, that is question. there's no question that Liga Pravada is one of the hottest cigars on the market. Ten years ago, Drew State created Liga Pravada, the hearty, broadleaf bully of the cigar world that changed that cigar world forever. Uh, but it didn't come easy. The hard work began deep in the Connecticut River Valley, where no expense was spared in the hunt for the dense, lush leaf required to make the dream cigar a reality. Highly coveted, this tobacco is historically treated as a reward by growers because of its absolutely stunning taste, aroma, and appearance, reinforcing the bond of partnership between farmer and manufacturer. Liga, uh, Liga Pravada, I don't know if you guys know, stands for Private Blend. Uh, came to life at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate uh, in Esteli, Nicaragua, where the proud tobacco men and women who work wonders on the factory floor every single day crafted a cigar worthy of unmatched celebration. I'll give it that. In 2018, on the heels of Nicaragua becoming the dominant country of origin for premium handmade cigars in the United States, we are proudly celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Liga Pravada and the 50th anniversary of Hoya de Nicaragua at the 2018 IPCPR. Once again, if you're there, come find us. Although this episode will air after we've been there. So if you do come up and say that you saw this, we know that you're a time traveler. And we'll probably strap you to an examination table and have some questions. And bash your brains in. Oh, God. If somebody comes up to us and offers us lamb chops, I'm going to be very suspicious. Is everybody lit up their second? Yeah. Yes. Any difference in the... Uh, no. 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 I'm looking at the construction is beautiful on everybody's... Yeah. Uh, that I, I say it's a positive. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just a, it's just a strong little sucker full of uh, coffee and, and, and earthiness. And that's okay. Yeah. Especially for six ninety nine. Yeah, it is. There's the rest of the drawing. Oh, you did draw a little cock and balls on there. That's cute. <laughs> so much penis in this episode. A lot of penis are going on in here tonight. Well, I don't know, but I drew it. <laughs> Perhaps you acted precipitously, Doctor, in drawing. Uh, maybe so, okay, but I did it. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't like the beer, and I, and I don't think I'd like it in the wintertime either. It doesn't have any... I can't pick out any flavors from it. I think it would be a lot better in the wintertime. I'm telling you, Saturday night, late October, early November, when it's 60 Six. degrees outside and there's some football on, I could I could go for some of these then. Maybe it is, Doctor, but it's 112 degrees tonight. Well, well maybe so, Tuck, but it's 108 <laughs> degrees. I got... Uh, I work. looked at the goddamn thermometer. <laughs> the words Matt Cade, I got a school of guppies from around a monitor patch. Hey, Franco, run the side. I could get that goddamn school of guppies out of his underpants all by myself. Some favor. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, out in the cemetery, we see Trash rise from the dead, uh, still naked. She's got zombie boobs now. And she feasts upon a poor homeless dude in all her big zombie boob glory. Um, despite Tina's desperate objections, Bert wisely recommends that they stuff Frank and Freddy away in the chapel before they can hurt the survivors. Well, I know, Tina, it sounds... Uh, it's, uh, but they're... They're danger to uh, all of us. 
And uh But I love him. <laughs> she is so annoying. I got some slow smoking wings I gotta get back to for that barbecue on Sunday. <laughs> Tita, I don't think you understand. She's so annoying, but she's perfect. Yeah. Uh, for for her role. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't last long. Freddie's in the chapel all ten seconds. She oh she insists on going in there with him. Um, and sorry, babe. Literally, he gets in there and boom. He Talk tra- about lack of brains. <laughs> he dies and instantly comes back and tries to eat Tina's brains, which I imagine that would be a small snack. Uh, Ernie and Bert bust in the door when they hear her screaming and they throw a jar of nitric acid in Freddy's eyes, blinding him and, and helping them save Tina. Uh, they barricade Freddy in the chapel and run for their lives. Uh, but turns out blinding Freddy has made him just that much more aggressive and hungry for brains. Like, now he's crazy blind, Freddy. Other things Ernie, the ex-Nazi, has. <laughs> just throw some of my nitric acid on them. I use it to dissolve corpses. I love that scene where he's like, there's thousands of them out there. How are we going to... He's like, well, I've got this nitric acid. Well, it's just not enough, Ernie. It's just not enough, Ernie. <laughs> it's like a little mayonnaise jar. Of acid. <laughs> well, that's a great idea, Ernie. I, I appreciate you coming up with some ideas, but sure. it's just not enough, It's just it. not enough, Ernie. <laughs> Just uh, waiting for Ernie to... Well, you haven't come up with anything. <laughs> What's you coming up with anything, Bert? Uh, well, Bert's about to come up with a, a doozy. Uh, Ernie's foot is broke from all the mayhem, and uh, Spider and Bert decide to make a run. They see a cop car still running outside. Uh, they come outside swinging with pipes, and they're knocking down zombies, and then when they reach the cop car, it's immediately swarmed by zombies to where they can't possibly drive up to the crematorium to get Ernie and a uh, wounded Ernie and Tina. We did miss another one of Bert's lines, though, when Spider first shows up. You better tell us what's going on, man. I'll never tell you anything, dick break. <laughs> oh, there's another one from, from uh, Spider, too. And he's like, well, what do you propose? What do you propose? I propose we all do some damn proposing. <laughs> he's not in danger of having his brain eaten. <laughs> Again, if you don't know an answer, don't give any answer. <laughs> I tell you anything, dick brain. That's what I'm going to do so, in my next meeting. Is I propose we do also do some proposing. And the zombies come up, brain? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Uh, uh, so, Bert, any thoughts of going to get the rest of them? He says, fuck that. Definitely going to use that, though. What do you think, Mency? I think we should all do some thinking. <laughs> oh, he's good. He's good. Oh, he's a team li- player. Team player. I like what he's saying. I like this yeah. guy. Collaborator, right there. Uh, so Bert drives that fucker directly into the Unita warehouse, where it just explodes into flames. What? Why? Why can't he just put it in park? There's, there's no reason for any of this. Well, first, there's that quick exchange as they're driving off, and somebody's like, "They're leaving us," and Ernie's like, "He didn't have a choice." But they're driving away, and you're a spider, you're a coward. And some bird goes, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> so he drives it and just crashes it into his own building. Uh, but he and Spider escape from the, the ball of flames. Uh, Ernie and Tina take refuge up in the attic of the crematorium, uh, which Ernie has wanted to do for a while. And that's kind of a moment in all good zombie films where there's always the debate of either hide in the attic or the basement. And there's always the people who are like, I'm not trapping myself in that basement or... I'm not locking myself in an attic. I mean, it's always, you know, Night of the Living Dead. Well, attic is better, assuming you have some kind of window you could get out of up there. Yeah. Basement, you're really fucked. Basement, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, well, had had he just pulled the ladder up with them, they would have been... Yeah. Uh, Freddy does... Kind of okay. I mean, he I does, think he just kicks it over, which is pointless. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Freddie just picks it up. <laughs> they clearly they clearly can speak and use CBs and other things, but if you had just taken away the ladder, they would have no way. Um, well, clearly with his sightless hunger for brains, he's like, wait, wait, this feels like a ladder. I can set this up and I can crawl up there. But here's an interesting moment. While blind Freddie is trying like hell to get up into the attic and eat Tina and, and Ernie's brains... Frank does the honorable thing. He finds his way down to the furnace and gets on the on the tray and, and shoves himself in the oven and kills himself. And there's this great song playing too. Frank. Oh Frank. <laughs> he like says something to his wife, like He cares. I won't be home for lamb chops tonight, honey. Uh, I'm gonna miss the barbecue. <laughs> No, he wasn't invited to Bird's Barbecue. No, he said, see you, see you Sunday at the barbecue. Oh, he did invite him. That's, That's right. right. I'll be there with on. You better believe it. I noticed he didn't invite his friend of 25 years, Ernie, to the barbecue. That was the big favor? Well, I think he probably said, you've been to enough barbecues. You <laughs> son of a bitch. You Nazis. You Nazi bastard. Nazi bastard. <laughs> oh... Well, uh, more and more cops show up, and they're all being devoured by zombies. Anybody who comes in just gets gobbled up. Uh, so Bert finally decides to pick up a phone and do what he should have done hours ago. Uh, the only obstacle is the only working telephone is in the basement of the warehouse, and Tarman Zombie's still down there. When he, Bert has his... Is it when he's calling the cops, or is it when he's calling the army that he, he has that... There's just people out there just stark raving mad. They're going to kill you and eat you. <laughs> That's coming up. That's what he calls the, the cops. Uh, so he tells Spider to open the door and let the tar man out. And he's like, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to knock its goddamn block off. I'm going to knock its goddamn block off, Spider. And he does, man. Mark McGuire style. Just, <laughs> just perfect clocks swing. him. Just knocks that tar man head. And killed the actor playing tar man. <laughs> uh, Bert just blasts its head off its shoulders and they all run down to the basement where Bert grabs a phone and calls the police. Um, he talks to a, a sergeant. They've already set up a barricade out nearby. And as he's talking to him, the, he hears the the zombies just massacre the entire police. <laughs> well, you know, what I love is that he's like, you got to come down here. you got to save us. you got to get us out of this building. Please. Please. you got to get us out of here. Please, for Christ's sake. I mean, Any just, information you could tell us could really help, sir. Well, I don't know. I can make some calls. Make some calls. <laughs> After barbecue on Sunday. <laughs> how, how did all this happen? Well, I have no idea. Bert has to think at this point maybe that barbecue's not happening. <laughs> but he listens to the cops screaming to death as they're eaten alive for their juicy brains, their juicy cop brains, and he's like, wait, maybe I should call that number on the canister. He really is out of options at this point. So, despite what it might do for his Better Business Bureau rating, he calls the, na- the number on the side of the canister. Uh, they're waiting for this call. He gets quickly transferred, and uh, it... Remember Colonel Glover? The phone wakes him up in the middle of the night. Ethel's pretty pissed off. And I love... It. I just love this scene because he, he totally wakes up like, yes? Oh, uh, Finally! <laughs> 25 years I've been waiting for this call. I'm going to divorce this old bag. Uh, I'm going to have her on a plane to... I'm going to mar- I'm gonna finally be able to marry those lamb chops. Wait a minute. Do I have to give up this house? <laughs> Fred, how about a blowjob? I had two for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so he immediately starts taking down. Yes, Mr. Wilson. Uh huh. And what did you do then? And dude, his reactions <laughs> to that? You don't hear what Bird's saying? Like, okay, I, I suppose that's understandable. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> I oh, see. You chopped them up into little pieces. What, what effect did that have? I see. Uh-huh. Rabbit weasels. Huh? Oh, and then you you did what? I see. Uh, okay. I really, yeah, I really want to see the cut stuff with Bert. Well, goddamn it, Colonel, I told you I cut some bitch up. I see. I see. Uh-huh. Right. I got some hot pepper sausage right. links uh-huh. slow cooking. Well, back. I mean, this guy's been working on this one, but he doesn't uh-huh. want to scare off Bert right. by telling him, like, you, oh, so you pretty that much done every, everything wrong. He's got his pencils up. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's understandable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. I see. Right. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I see. Well, within minutes, uh, he goes down to a study, opens up the liquor cabinet, and a little uh, control computer control show up. I'll send my bitch wife over to investigate. That's what I was thinking. Like, send her on a Are you there. guys hungry? I'll send my wife over with some lamb chops. As soon as she shows up, I'll give you the launch codes. Uh, speaking of launch codes, he does give the launch codes uh, to the nuclear I just codes. love how, all right, well, we'll enact our contingency plan at this point. Ammon, I need you to bomb U.S. territory with a nuclear device. Bert's hopeful, though. Well, apparently they have some kind of contingency plan. It's like they, they're expecting this kind of thing to happen. As they I said, Bert, every instinct he has is wrong. Trust, <laughs> trusting the government. At first, we shouldn't uh, trust them, but now that I'm talking to them and they've, he's, he uh, clearly understands our situation, perfect. we're going to be okay. It's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back in a string of terrible decisions by Bert. I'm just going to go and bleed the army here. I mean, yeah, yeah. everything else I've done has been just tits up, but I think this is the one that's going to save the day. Well, it does it. Uh, their contingency plan is actually to blow Louisville, Kentucky off the face of the earth. Nah. Uh, as Bird is on hold, listen to the whole music, <laughs> you hear the bomb in the background. Hey, do you, get, do you guys hear anything? Do you guys, do you guys hear something? Do you guys hear something? <laughs> and literally they just A dropped. A really cool non-CGI shot. Of this bomb land in downtown Louisville at night. Nice mushroom cloud. And you see a mushroom cloud, and then you see, like, after a couple seconds, all the shingles blow yeah. off out. It's, it's a cool shot. Um, well, you would think 25 years they had to figure this out, that that would do it. Uh, I've been waiting here so I can nuke something. But that actually turns out to be the worst thing they could Because now do. they've restarted the whole process over. The rain brought on from the nuclear missile is only making the thing worse, and, uh, well, now it's party time again. Uh, Whereas we had a hundred zombies, now we got a thousand. The end. And Bert finally had his barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Symmetry. I'm not going to miss that. I will that. say there was one and scene. And Ernie went up in ashes. Sweet Ernie. There was, uh, there was one scene with Ernie and what's her name up in the attic? Tina. Tina, where Ernie's got her like kind of in a, they're sitting oh, down in a Oh, you thought he was going to shoot hunt. her? I thought he was going to shoot her. How he had you? the gun to the I back of his head. Did. He was like, he kind of closes his eyes. eyes. No, he's contemplating He's it. contemplating. I wonder if he thinks if he shoots her, maybe he can toss her down to Freddy and, and get away. I just, I, I wonder if uh, that was like a cut scene or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it does allude to, like, maybe... I don't know what that would do. Well, maybe he was, like, trying to save her from the, you know, pain of being undead or something like that. Yeah, I think he was going to throw her dead corpse down, like, hey, feast on this. If you just save her from the pain, she's just going to become a zombie. zombie, Now you're trapped up in an attic. He was totally throwing her down there and trying to hobble off. Here you go, Freddy. They should have showed that. Yeah. 
I mean, that would have been if he's a Nazi, he's heartless. That would have that would have worked. Maybe you acted precipitously in throwing Tina to the zombies. <laughs> well, maybe so, Ernie, but I, I, I did it. <laughs> um, I take it. I take it. We all fuck you. Love the fuck you. <laughs> I did. It was. Uh, had you seen it? Yeah, I actually had. I, I saw it when it came out. Like. Not not when it came out in the theaters, but it, it was a big rental. It was a huge, yeah, uh, a huge. Well, you and I fans. I either got it, I either rental. got it on rental or uh, got it off, off, taped it off of HBO because I remember having the VHS, having a VHS copy of it at one time. Uh, I had VHS, Laserdisc. Like the doctor said, this is one that we pretty much had on every few months. We'd watch it at least once when we were kids. I believe it was like my first full nude scene. Oh really? Yeah. Because I rewinded the shit out of that scene. I remember, I mean, this was, you know, late 80s. It was like HBO. Yeah. And, you know, right when, and, you know, in that time, you know, I was young. We, when we first got cable, HBO, I mean, they showed it and I watched it and it was one of those things like, I like oh, this is going to be like. But it was. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it was, it, it was just one of those, like, you know, I still go to a happy place when I hear the old school HBO. Uh, mm-hmm. I never had HBO. This one was a, a friend's house or something, and I'd, I'd hear. I just always associate with happy times. Oh man, when they oh, would, yeah. when they would run those like free weekends, and then new. Oh yeah, great acting by everybody, but Clue Gulliger, James Karen, Don Calfa, Tour de Force. I, I do want to say that real quick. I think in the yeah. history of TNCC, I've only done this one other time. I'm going to give a well-deserved shout-out to the film's casting director, uh, Miss Stonzi Stokes. Uh, with prior, prior casting credits under her belt, she cast the original Terminator. Oh, wow. And Motel Hell, which oh, is wow. much like this, yeah. with just perfect casting of Rory Calhoun, Rory Calhoun. and a uh, sister and uh, the guy from Chips. Look, Smithers, that little puppy is standing and walking. You know, the one who's the person that's always standing up and walking. Rory Calhoun? Yes. yes. Rory Calhoun. <laughs> uh, the casting of this film is just so super fucking criti- crucial to its success. Everyone bounces off each other so well. There was a, a lot of rehearsal time, but Clue wasn't involved in that because he came in so late. Um, what the hell's what the hell's that going on out there, Ernie? But uh, someone's trying to get in. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I just, like I said earlier, I can't believe I'm saying I'm glad Leslie Nielsen wasn't in I know. this. Yeah. But I kind of am. I, I, like I said, I'd like to see both versions, but Clue just makes this movie for me. He's like, fantastic. I love him. Um, I, we, we rewound the movie just to see his lines over and over again. Oh, he's by far the most quotable uh, guy in this thing. For some reason, I just imagine if you saw Leslie Nielsen, it would just be his doctor from Airplane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's happening now? Right. I understand. Exactly. He, yeah, he doesn't really have a midway point. It's either Naked Gun or the Creep Show. Yeah. Uh, the lines that Clue delivers. I don't tell you anything, Dick Brain. I mean, that's that, that's just. Yeah, but Leslie Nielsen would do that really funny too. Oh, he would. <laughs> but it just, like I said, this one there was a level of, like I said, it would just be ridiculous with, yeah, with Nielsen in there. He would just, it would, it would stop being. There would be no horror. Just so you know, Frank, we're all counting. <laughs> and stop calling me Shirley. Uh, so yes, Miss Stonzi Stokes, way to cast a good movie. Agree, definitely agree. Yeah. Home run. Uh, like I said, probably my number three zombie movie, which is 
A Tall Order. I, I, I don't really do zombie movies anymore. I'm kind of burnt out on the whole. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, it's 80s. It's it's classic. Yeah. Um, so, sorry about the pairing. Uh, you wouldn't see me. But I, I honestly, in the history of the show, have never just had two beers. Yeah, yeah. Granted, they're 16 ounces. I'm well, sh- maybe I'm it's okay, but you did it. I did that. Well, technically, <laughs> you'd have about three beers. Yeah, yeah, I guess. No, at ten and a half, you've had four. <laughs> yeah, well, but still. Still, I, I feel like a loser. Well? Uh, can I put Jaws? <laughs> well, now I have nothing. If you're done taking notes, uh, I've got a pencil here. I, I we'll start shotgunning them. Uh, let's do, we'll do it after the show. After the show. I... What are you guys drinking? Doc, I think you acted precipitously in shotgun uh, the clown shoes. <laughs> well, maybe so. Okay, uh, I, I will say that they get an A-plus on the can. The can's beautiful. It's got a lot going on. I couldn't really... It's, it's got a zombie getting brained by a steak. It's, it's very busy. You brain it with that It's axe. actually Clue on there. They used him as their <laughs> model. It's got a Frankenstein. It's got a guy with a crossbow. It's got the chick from uh, the... Juon movies, crawling on the ceiling, the little Asian wet-haired girl. Hmm. What are those movies called? Juon. Well, that was the original Asian. Uh, the Ring? No, the other one. Oh. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys Google movies with young wet Asian chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you come up with. As it turns out, I'm going to be speaking in D.C. on another committee about that. <laughs> and I'll need those clown shoes back. We don't need all of those cans. Um, all right. Well, um, I guess we'll be coming uh, back here in a couple weeks uh, after we've returned from, from Vegas. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll have some stories. Maybe we'll do a Vegas movie to... Tut really wants to do Vegas Vacation. Yes. That'd be a good one. It's been a while since I've seen it. So uh, let's plan on meeting back here for that. We will still be in the middle of the hot, miserable Texas heat, so we'll uh, do a incredibly get crisp... Get milk stout? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a hearty breakfast stout. And, uh, no, we'll, uh, we'll do that. We have a lot of cigars still to, we need to get to this year, so um, we'll crank out a bunch of episodes uh, as soon as we can once we recover from... This. Look forward to a <clears throat> coming review. Uh, I will be seeing shortly. Um, I am a unashamed, unabashed lover of the Purge movies, so I will be checking out the prequel. That's uh, I believe it's called the First Purge that just was released uh, on the fourth. Okay. I will be checking that out and definitely writing a review uh, like soon it. on that. All right, well, go cool. to our uh, website uh, as soon as the doctor puts his. Pen to paper, we, we, we get those out as quick as we can. And uh, check out our YouTube channel, too. We've got a lot of uh, new videos from our travels. Um, you can see some pairings, some interviews. We got to interview uh, the one of the head brew guys at Yingling. Yep. Uh, it was a really cool little talk we had with him at the at the Pennsylvania Barn Smoker. So we're around. We're doing stuff. We're not, we're not lazy. It's a penis, Mom! <laughs> I knew more, it. One more in there. Knew it. Uh, 
Maybe Should you be. acted precipitously in casting Richard Dreyfuss in this movie. Well, maybe so, Ernie, but there he is. <laughs> there he is. He's here. He's showing people his ding dong. He's, 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 he's doing it. Just take your pants off and do what he says. Um, Tut links at TNCC cast on Twitter. Go to Instagram. Hit TNCC underscore podcast. You can join us on Facebook. Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, Tuesday Night Cigar Club there as well. Uh, as always, go to the website. Check us out on the website. Help us pay some bills. Go over to the Amazon link. Do your shopping there. Uh, yeah. All that good stuff. All that. Go to uh, our webpage, click on the Daniel Marshall banner ad, and you will uh, be able to get a new Daniel Marshall humidor at a, at a little bit of a discount with his Clash for Clunkers program. Oh, it's got a it's got a, a matte black humidor on yeah, there that, that is one. just beautiful. Saw it. Uh, if anybody asks you how your day is going, give them the TNCC response. The usual crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have our new T-shirt. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. We'll be back next time with another beer, another cigar, another movie, the same old crap. I tell you anything, dick brain. We don't have to tell you anything, dick brains. Fuck you. Sayonara, dick brains. To learn more about the time I seductively danced butt-ass naked on top of a tombstone while a bunch of mohawk sporting punks danced around me waving road flares in the air like they just didn't care, track down the 1987 Phil Donahue TV special, America in Crisis, an in-depth examination of the Keith A. Howell booty-shaking epidemic that's destroying our nation's cemeteries one gyrating hip-thrust at a time. I am certain of only two things, folks. One, that's a really long title for a daytime TV special. And two, that Phil Donahue is a really judgmental prick. Anywho, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.dunbartoncigars.com and www.clownshoesbeer.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, Please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.FritzBeerMusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. (laughs) 